0: Tune in to the Neil Prendiville Show weekdays from 9am on Cork's Red FM.
1: And Rory O'Hagan is back in the building for the first time since... <laughs> March 12th. Oh my God. Was that? F- no, I know you've been doing things by link from home and yeah. everything, working away, but
2: what's it like being back? It's weird. It's genuinely March surreal. Wow. Couldn't remember the code to get in the door this morning. <laughs> I was putting in my PIN number for my cash card. I couldn't remember the alarm code, so that went off. <laughs> I got that after the alarm went off. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been good crack trying
1: to reacclimatise. Nearly four months. Now, I'm mad keen to know what it's like working from home with two smallies. Did you like it? Do you think it'll catch on?
2: Well, at the start of lockdown, it was very difficult because obviously, um, there's a lot going through your head. We're around the coronavirus and the impact that's having on society as a whole the impact it's going to have on your job the, the, there's that worry in the back of your head as well um, but then it just kind of you kind of adapt to it um, like it is very hard my, both my wife and I were working from home and can
1: I ask how old the kids are?
2: Uh, Cecilia is nearly five and Isabel is nearly two
1: so they take a lot of minding and a lot of time to a lot of you need to occupy their time
2: well there was a lot of Disney Plus
1: <laughs> there was a lot of Netflix
2: I won't lie towards the end I had to cut it down to 12-13 hours a day but after that <laughs> but before that that it was all day. But um, yeah, it was hard initially because like you're you're trying to work from the kitchen table and um, the kids don't understand that you're working from home. They just see you sitting at the, the computer all day. Dragging a and That's why drag- we see
1: all of these video and photo bombs of people online, you know, and the kids come in.
2: Basically, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so it, it took a while, but you kind of find a rhythm. You kind of find a routine uh, and it, it, you just get to, to whatever works uh, eventually. Now, luckily, I was always finished at one o'clock every day. So I could then take the kids out while my wife continues to work at home and give her the base that way. Uh, mm. Or she could go into the office then. And and you weren't
1: murdering each other or anything no? No we actually Turing got no We were at
2: home about it last night. We didn't, uh, despite living in each other's pockets for nearly four months, didn't have
1: one argument. And d- do you, you, I mean, do you prefer working at home or do you think it'll catch on? Are you glad to be back?
2: Uh, I am glad because I haven't seen you in four months. That was the main reason <laughs> I wanted to come back today. I hadn't seen you in four months so that was the main reason. But uh, to be honest, if I could work from home for the rest of my career I think I probably would. And do you
1: think that many people your age with young children would also
2: prefer that? See there's a lot of um, positives to it I mean like you don't have the cost of like diesel going up and down the country or up and down into work uh, all day you could probably get away with running one car if you were working from I home know. Um with childcare we didn't have childcare costs for the last four months which saved us an absolute fortune and then that would reduce if you were working from home as well so um,
1: I'd happily work from home so thumbs up then if is the it? boss
2: is listening <laughs> <laughs> hint nudge nudge no, 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 no. I'll
1: go back home there well back. I think you could do it I mean okay now sports is ratcheting up you're excited about that as more mm. things come back tennis comes back in August but a lot of other stuff's back albeit behind closed doors right yeah it's all
2: starting to come back now we saw the, the Scottish Premier League fixtures due to be announced this morning The uh, the local GA championships are beginning uh, the weekend of the 24th of July. The League of Ireland is back the following week, so Cork City and Cove Ramblers are back in action. So locally it's starting to pick up. So yeah, sport's certainly coming back and I think people need that distraction. They need, they need sport to kind of, I suppose,
1: get away from that. How are they all going or? to survive, all those clubs in the different codes without uh, money at the turnstile? That's
2: the thing. Um, like at the moment the limit I suppose is 500 people for an outside gathering Um clubs like Cork city you couldn't survive in gate receipts of just 500 but that's not even gate receipts of 500 that includes like the, the players yes, the staff yeah. um, the media everything else that has to go on to, to running a game so supporters you'd be talking 350-400 and
1: people have to be paid
2: and people have to be paid so that's the thing that's the challenge that's going to be facing um, I suppose sports organisations up and down the country uh, how they adapt to this I suppose post-COVID environment which will be very very interesting yeah, but right. it, it is going to be very grim and I think a lot of clubs are are struggling and will continue to struggle and I think a lot of clubs might go to the wall because of this.
1: Okay, well listen, it's good to have you back if you need any help with directions or where things are, <laughs> or how to kitchen? get out of the building or where the kitchen is, just let me know I'm well aware of all those places <laughs> Thanks buddy. Cheers for now The Neil Prenderville Show
3: With Tesco, save time and shop online. Simply log on to tesco.ie
1: Morning all, lines open at 1850 104 106 Great to see a friendly face and a familiar face back in the building. And many people at the weekend of course were catching up with familiar faces and whatever you are doing, I hope you enjoyed it Meanwhile, up in Dublin, I don't know how how relevant this is to Cork, but the mobs boozing in the capital is a story that dominates many of the papers, particularly the red tops that have photograph after photograph after photograph, not just Dublin, but also London and areas of Soho, which was chaotic, actually, London, because they literally just threw the doors open on a super Saturday for all of the pubs in the UK and some pubs had to close. Uh, Police had to move in and stuff like that. But in Dublin, um, there was clearly floating of all sorts of guidelines on the streets with people drinking and gathering and no social or physical distancing. And Simon Harris is warning the public. I know he's the former health minister, but he's been through a lot of this. And he makes the papers to say telling people to cop on. Again, we're back to using your cop on. But many, many photographs of people, and they figure that this is going to lead to a spike, and before you know it, we could well be back into lockdown. I see still some Sky News this morning talking about the absolute madness uh, of what happened after England's first night out in three months. And they were saying, this, lads, is what it looks like. And you're talking about thousands of people, like sardines in a tin, really. Uh, And unfortunately, many of the young people who, unfortunately, some believe that uh, they are, you know, in a kind of a bubble and not affected at all uh, by COVID-19. The Examiner talks today of 22,500 jobs in the pub trade that could be lost. Literally, sales fell off a cliff. They were closed for so long. So you're dealing with that. You're dealing with, uh, you know, entertainment gone, people who work in the, in, the, in the entertainment industry that may never come back again. Also, not just the aspect of the people working behind the counters or indeed serving beer or serving food, but also all of the security staff and things like that. All those jobs have gone because sales have fallen at least 50%, even those that are reopening with food. And when they come back fully in a couple of weeks' time, if indeed that happens... Uh, of course, with physical distancing and many people just aren't interested in going back into crowds anytime soon. So more, more on that in, in a few minutes time. A tragic story this morning. It's awful when you hear of deaths, isn't it? There were some uh, more crashes over the weekend on Irish roads as the roads get busier and more people drowning. Some this morning talks about two brothers who were experienced swimmers, incidentally, died and very experienced divers. They died in a diving incident in County Tipperary, um, and uh, it was at a place called Portrow Dive Centre. Um, the tragic pair, named as Fergus Brophy and his brother Philip, they were only, in the, when Fergus was 42 and his brother was 34. Very, very sad news, and quite some detail in the papers today of how they died. One died trying to save the other. And then, of course, we'll have Milo Martin uh, by phone at half past ten this morning as Fianna Fáil is in turmoil at the moment with so much stuff going on in his first week uh, as Taoiseach. And amongst them, of course, we know of Billy Kelleher coming back from Brussels and not isolating and going to quarantine, instead going to the convention centre and then going to the Doll restaurant. And then you have Brian Cowan being, uh, you know, hauled over the coals at the moment because of his drink driving. Not only that, but he was driving up to the age of 49 on a provisional license. Now, both of them have apologized, including Billy Kelleher. But it's, uh, you know, it's been a great week. Uh, for Michal Martin at the helm, really. Drink driving was stupid, says the ministries, except a responsibility of it. And he says, I'm so lucky that I didn't kill anyone. He says, going through the public ridicule, mortification and shame is part of the price that he has to pay. Then the echo carries the story on our MEP, Billy Kelleher, who has also had to apologize for attending ele- the election of Michal Martin as Taoiseach came back from Brussels, which is rather interesting considering that Michal Martin's family didn't even travel from Cork from what, what would have been a very important family day. So Kellhurst also offered an unreserved apology for traveling, and that makes the Echo, the Examiner, the Independent, whatever you want. And then what about the cheat who claimed over 55 grand in pandemic payments? It's on the front page of the Indo this morning, and the Gardaí have made an arrest, a cheat who drew down more than 55 grand. This person, um, this individual, made 25 separate online claims using nine different bank accounts, and extraordinarily... No bells, no whistles, no software kicked in to stop it. And he was paid out all of the money for the 25 separate online claims. I don't know how he was actually caught in the end. But it's a story making the papers nonetheless. And then, you know, some churches are back saying mass and not all of them. But it's a lovely story making many of the papers with a photograph of Father Joe O'Brien giving out communion in Tralee behind a Perspex screen. Actually, a lot more than a Perspex screen. He's in a Perspex box. Here on Side, Michael Dourley, who owns Shandon Travel on the Grand Parade uh, and also is very much involved in the Irish Travel Association, says that there's no business going on in Cork with regards to people traveling because of a lot of confusion, which is a question I'll be putting uh, to the Taoiseach a little later on. You know, the airlines are flying, but yet we're being advised not to fly. Meanwhile, of course, we have uh, the schools and whether they're going to go back and what's the role of the INTO and how do teachers feel about it? Very, very, very sad story of a pregnant woman, her four-year-old daughter who cheated death after their house was petrol bombed. This country gets crazier by the day. It's a story from County Louth. And that Apple tax, 14 billion of it, that uh, the government and the country doesn't seem to want. There seems a fierce appetite for Irish people to want it, though that's now losing us money uh, because it's costing money in that escrow account where it's just sitting there. And the 14 billion has already lost 40 million because of this ongoing uh, tax route. Story on Lee's side here of a member of the Heafy family, Jennifer Heafy, who has served time for a drug offence, and her drug past is stopping her finding a home. One of the youngest members of the Heafy family makes the examiner. The Heafy family has uh, an established links to drug dealing in Cork, and she said that her name is preventing her and her children from finding a home. She's been living in uh, emergency accommodation for three years now and is making a plea for a home for the sake of her daughters. Uh, she said, I never thought about tomorrow before I had kids. She herself served time for a drug offence and she just can't seem to leave it behind her. It's dogging her. And then when people are, are caught uh, or at least um, you know, brought to court by the Garda shikona with cocaine for sale or supply, as happened with a guy on Morgan Street in the city, stopped by the guards, found with €250 euro worth of cocaine on Morgan Street, got a suspended sentence when he was up before the court at the back end of last week, even though another judge had already given the same character, a fellow called Tarek Placola, a four-month custodial sentence for a similar offence in the past few days. So one judge gave him four months custodial for that kind of an offence, and he was up for another one before another judge, and he got a suspended sentence. Now, what many people on Corkin were suggesting when you hear stories like that is that regardless of how many other offences you have, if you're caught for sale or supply, you must go straight to jail. And a super story of the Ballinlock resident, John O'Shea. He's 101 years old, uh, and he um, is hale and hearty. As the echoes say, he's got a shock of beautiful... Uh, Grey hair. When he was a hundred, of course, he got a letter from the president, but he got another one for his 101st birthday. So could I just jump in and wish him, like many other people are, the Ballinock resident, John O'Shea, a happy 101st birthday. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now.
0: 086-8104-106. Red FM.
1: Interestingly, two different conflicting points of view here. One is from Stephen who says, we're just losing the plot. Remember Black Lives Matter's protests? Did anyone give out to try and stop these protests? No. And these protests had thousands of people gathering in. gathering crowds for something that had nothing to do with us but the minute people gather outside a pub and have a few drinks and have some fun they're told to cop on give me a break i'm sick of this hypocrisy another one then saying something different in the sense that you know we're a disgrace a texter who was down on ardmore beach Says it was a complete disgrace over the weekend. No soap, no hand sanitizers. The toilets were in a shocking state. Pubs in general around the country are complete disgrace with people congregating outside, no social distancing and rubbish all over the streets from fast food outlets. Just with that and lots more in mind, Michael O'Donovan is the Cork City chairperson of the Vintners. I'm assuming he's seen the video footage and the photographs in the front of the papers this morning. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Is there any. Well, thank you. Is there any evidence of the carry on in the capital happening in Cork?
4: No, uh, Neil, thank God. Um, nothing like that has happened here in, in court that we're aware of. Um, I suppose the Gardaí have been very active here on side um, since Thursday night uh, visiting uh, um, licensed premises that are opened and um, uh, to my knowledge there's been nothing like that. I think they've been quite happy with all the establishments uh, that have been opened because they've all conformed to the uh, requirements that have been set out.
1: Where did all of these cra- crowds Crowds, if you can only get food and drink, where did all of these crowds get drink to be drinking on the streets?
4: Well, my understanding of it, Neil, is that some of the bars in Dublin have been operating a takeaway service and I think some of them got drink, um, got the alcohol from these takeaway services and some, I presume, got it in the off-trade because, um, uh, as you can see, there's some images there of cans uh, uh, on them um, in the pictures. Uh, I'm not aware of bars in Dublin or Cork City, <laughs> you could say that would be selling uh, cans. That's mainly the off-trade. So the people gathered and look part of the legislation for uh, people selling um, from licensed premises if they're selling takeout drink uh, the people have to move more than a 100 yards away from the premises before they can consume it and that's not happening but look, uh, nobody can condone. And is that that flouting the COVID
1: guidelines, uh, this takeout booze? Um,
4: it, no, it, it's 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 legal to do it. Um, it. It has been right through the the say the lockdown period. Bars were operating. Some of them, uh, even here in Cork, we had some, but they were following the guidelines, and that people were coming collecting their. Their, um, their alcohol and going off with it and some are operating a delivery service uh, to houses, that was perfectly legal as well. Um, well not if lots of
1: people are gathering indoors or in close communion with each other, that wouldn't be, but like there's a, there was a GP at the weekend, uh, I read his stuff yesterday, I can't remember his name, he says he finished his shift through the city with the ambulance service at ten in the morning, and he says that there were, all night long, he says there was a festival atmosphere. He said uh, he described Saturday night as all Ireland football final night.
4: Yes, I, I look. I, I I presume he's referring to those images that were shown from Dame Street in Dublin. Um, but look the vast majority of publicans all over the country have conformed to, to this um, to the guidelines for the last week, we're, we're one week into it now um, and unfortunately these images from Saturday night in Dublin are not good, it's not what we want um, and it's, it's certainly not something that we're condoning um, but like I think the rest of Dublin even talking to colleagues up there yesterday they were all conforming and they're very disappointed that some of their colleagues in, in that area um, have uh, have broken the rule because it's tarnishing the rest of us and I suppose more worryingly, Neil like uh, at the moment in Cork here we've about 63 bars open I think of about a 240 licensed premises um, but like for the rest of us that are waiting until July the 20th today is a big day because the cabinet is meeting and are supposed to be discussing what's happened for the last week Are you worried the that
1: they'll push date? that back because of what we've seen and even worse in London the West End around Soho where a member of the police described it as naked men happy drunks, angry drunks, fights and more angry drunks, that this kind of carry on inevitably will either push back the July 20th or possibly, like we're seeing in other countries a spike in cases
4: Yes, look. It, it's it, I suppose today for us is a is a is a worry uh, with the cabinet meeting that if these images I suppose are repeated in the in the coming week that they may consider uh, uh, pushing back the July twentieth date, which would have a detrimental effect really on so many jobs and so
1: many businesses around the country. Because it's, um, cause it's but, showing that the Irish and the English can't do physical distancing when they're drunk. Well, I'm not sure, Neil. Look the.
4: The rest of the country this weekend's gone have confirmed. Like we've seen no images other than these images from from uh, but, Oh, I
1: oh, know, but come July twentieth, say for instance on Washington Street in the Grand Parade, you're going to have the same kind of images.
4: But Neil, at the moment, uh, there's I think there's three premises on on Washington Street Open and Grand Parade. You have Soho definitely open at the weekend. And we didn't see any images um, of this coming from Cork. So, like, the pubs here that are open are really conforming and controlling um, what they're doing. And, like, we have seen social media images last night of premises here in Cork where people were sitting at tables. There was a sing song going on. It was very controlled. It, it was great to see it. But the images in Dublin, obviously, they're not great to see. So it's a, it's, it's a pity that a few have decided to break it and the rest of us are all getting
1: tarnished with the same brush. And are Guardy visiting all of the premises?
4: Yeah, um, I can't say all but they've visited the vast majority between Thursday and Sunday night as up to last night some premises even Friday and Saturday night got visited twice in the day um, and Gardaí are checking for the social distancing um, checking that the food is available and um, to my knowledge the Gardaí have been very happy what's taken place here in Cork City since Thursday but and are, are they
1: daytime does. visits or nighttime visits
4: both they, they've been visiting they've visited premises during the day, Neil, and also up to, um, I'm aware, of a visit last night, or sorry, Saturday night at quarter to twelve in the premises. So they've been visiting right across the evening um, here in Cork City. Uh, suburbs have been visited, Blackrock, Rock, Douglas, um, everywhere. So they've, they've been right across the city checking the licensed premises that okay. have been opened.
1: Okay. And um, do, do, you, do you know if they're... Texting or calling the pubs ahead to tell them that they 're visiting, or are they impromptu unannounced
4: no they they 're impromptu unannounced because um, like the, the the publicans didn't obviously didn 't know that they were coming, but the the publicans have the systems in place um so like neil the like they 've they have their person at the door welcoming guests in uh, for if there's bookings, because, like, they are operating, as I said before to you, as a restaurant, not so much as a pub. Uh, so the people are having the food. So the pubs that are open are well capable of following the guidelines. Some of that, so, that is
1: fast food that's ordered in those. Is that OK? I mean, I know that some are bringing in, in pizza, for instance.
4: Yes, look, they're 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 um, they're conforming to the rules. They okay. have their HAC-up systems within their pubs and things like that. So, um, if they're offering an, an extra of the pizza, the takeaways, or or whatever, that that's uh, that's that's perfectly within the rules.
1: Okay, um, and then there's others. Uh, just I've no proof to say this that that there's apparently a pub that's issuing a, a till receipt for food where there is no food. But that would come off the track if the guards walked in, like wouldn't it?
4: Absolutely, and look, if there is pubs out there doing that, um, look, under the strongest terms from the Vintners Federation, we're asking that they all follow the guidelines for this three-week period. And look, I suppose it's a tough decision for a publican to be doing that because if, um, if the Gardaí do walk in, the sanctions are, and they're telling us quite plainly, uh, when your licence renewal comes in September, they will be objecting to your licence, and uh, it's, it's very unusual for a licence to be granted it if the guard are objecting to it in the court so it's, it's a, while it might be a short gain for these three weeks the long-term uh, prospects for that publican would be very, very tough
1: OK, when you look at the numbers finally the examiner says this morning that when you add up pubs, restaurants and hotels in Ireland there's just under 20,000 of them and 80% of those employ fewer than 10 people will many of them not come back at all?
4: look Neil I suppose the the big thing is at the moment uh, all our costs really um, other than I suppose your ESB bills are paused so um, uh, we'd be quite hopeful that many of them will reopen and most of them will reopen on July the 20th. I suppose the hard thing sitting here talking to you now this morning is where like for me personally it's two weeks now to opening or the potential of opening on the 20th of July and we still don't have the guidelines um, for me to know what to do on the 20th of July, so we're hoping... What but
1: you want clarity on, the distancing?
4: everything like the distancing what we you know like at the moment um, it's it's having food being seated like um, on the 20th of July we, we just don't know what they'll require of us to do so like we just need all the guidelines um, for, for Monday the 20th of July if that date is to come true um, but like we know there's a cabinet meeting this afternoon and we're hoping that they might sign off on those guidelines for us and that they would issue them either tonight or tomorrow Is
1: that a question you would ask me to put to the t- should have 10?
4: Absolutely, because it's it's something that we've been trying to... So you want
1: clarity on what you're going to be asked to do, what you need to prepare for, and other people want clarity on whether they should fly overseas or not, go on holidays or not, quarantine or not. Yes, Others want clarity as to whether or not women will get extended maternity cover, and more want clarity on whether or not the schools will come back and the teachers will play ball. So there's a lot of clarity needed, isn't there? It is like
4: I must say, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Angela Merkel was. I think she was nearly on point when she said it was very easy to close the economy, but opening the economy is a bit more difficult. Um, and I think our government did very well on closing it, but on opening it, it's left a little bit to be desired. When they're so late in giving clarity to different sections of industry to come back, like we're we're here now, uh, fourteen days out, and we, we 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 don't have clarity in what we need to do to get going to get our pubs reopened on July the 20th if that date, as I said, is to come true.
1: Okay, let's see what he has to say on that a little later on. We'll stay in touch with you, Michael. Thanks for taking the call as always. Thanks. Michael O'Donovan, Cork City Chairperson of the Vintners. I want to make it clear that I'm not one to ever complain or highlight about businesses, but I'm just so annoyed and frustrated. As much as I'm delighted to see businesses reopening and life returning to normal, Normal. I feel disgusted at the way a small minority of establishments are flouting the guidelines and putting their greed before the well-being of the people who are making an effort to flatten this virus. I do believe that the businesses that are breaking the rules and serving as much drink as customers can tolerate should all be named and shamed. I bumped into a good friend last Saturday evening. They were a bit the worse for wear after drinking in a bar in Clonakilty all day long where they were served as much alcohol as they wanted. I'm not sure if they had food with their drinks, but it's quite obvious they were certainly in the premises for more than the recommended time. I understand the businesses have suffered extreme financial loss loss during the pandemic, But so is everyone, and we all need to make the effort to try and combat the disease, minimize the high possibility of a second wave. To that end, the owners, managers and staff of these businesses, as well as the selfish customers, all need to take responsibility and adhere to advice. I'm not the type of person to begrudge businesses from reopening, but as a citizen who has suffered financial loss, I find this extremely frustrating, selfish and greedy from a member of the public who also is probably worried we will go back into lockdown again when all of the pubs open fully. If this is the kind of carry on that we have at the moment. Somebody else was in a city centre pub at the weekend. There were multiple tables of eight, not four, like by law, without any social distancing. The staff had shields, uh, but no masks, except for the person checking people in. He had no mask or shield and got right in our face. They changed their menu as well. They now charge double the price for half portions. We felt completely taken advantage of in the city, in this establishment, and we were only there, um, we were only served one drink in an hour. I'll never go back. What a disgrace. So not everybody had a happy experience when they headed out for a bit of socializing. Lines are open for that and lots more besides on one I've also asked you guys, and thank you for them, uh, for questions that are on your mind with regards to Michal Martin. One of the big ones, of course, is travel and quarantine. Uh, and american tourists and people coming in from overseas huge response on this program last week was the amount of people who haven't been able to get refunds from ryanair because the flights are going so we need more clarity on that other people want me to ask questions with regards to to schools and i've got emails on that as well uh, and then many people still wondering about the convention center lots of people talking about this is quite interesting because there's a big interest in maternity leave for uh, women Uh, who've just had babies, please discuss the extension to maternity leave. I'm a mother of one, a one-year-old preemie baby. Uh, I'm due back to work in August. I've been in touch with at least 30 childcare providers. Not one of them will agree to take my little girl because of COVID restrictions. Priority must be given to their existing clients, they say, who may return after the summer. So I'm stuck with no childcare under financial pressure and extra pressure from my employer to get back to work. I'd appreciate some answers on this topic. Another one, if you could ask the Taoiseach about considering uh, that was promised to new mothers regarding the extension of maternity leave. My twins were born prematurely. My husband has to undergo a COVID test, wasn't able to see our babies until his results were back. So... Childbirth and maternity leave for me has been a nightmare at a time when I should have been enjoying the time with my new babies. Instead, I was at home self-isolating from my husband and no family allowed to visit the neonatal or indeed when I brought baby home. I couldn't have my family down for the fear of the virus possibly being in the house. The constant paranoia and fear we felt as new parents. Thankfully, my husband was negative. My time as a new mother has been robbed by COVID-19, and we can never have that nice time back. But by granting a maternity extension, it will ease the pain in some way. And this is extremely important. This is more than just about maternity leave. It's about giving mothers back the time that we lost out due to COVID-19, says Amy, a first-time mom due back to work in September. And that's just two of uh, a good dozen emails and many, many texts on the matter. Lines open, one 850 Back after the break.
0: Talk to Neil Printerville now. Eighteen fifty one zero four one zero six. Red
1: FM. Okay, can I just say also that the lads are telling me that online overnight when I said I'd be talking to the Taoiseach and a lot of texts as well this morning asking me, I'll be asking the Taoiseach Micheal Martin about the new Minister for Children and Disabilities, Roderick O'Gorman. I will ask him a question on it, but can you just bear in mind This is a very delicate topic, right? So we need to be very careful about it. And uh, I will make the question to it. I will structure the question properly so that none of us uh, get any grief over it. But I will be asking him about, uh, you know, whether or not Roderick O'Gorman should be clarifying something or making a statement uh, on his, uh, his situation or indeed... Um, I'll come back to it. But anyway, just to answer your question, I will. So with uh, just staying with maternity, uh, Sarah sent me a lengthy email. I won't get time to read it all out, but she talks about extending maternity leave for first-time mothers who, along with their babies, have suffered immensely during the lockdown. You know the way it is now. You get 26 weeks of maternity benefit and 16 weeks of unpaid leave if you can afford it. In the UK, it's very different. They have a much more generous system uh, for mothers who have babies and maternity leave in the UK I think their whole salary is 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 paid because their companies also divvy up um, quite an amount of maternity benefit. It doesn't happen here, and I've always thought that that's very wrong. The UK have a much better system. Uh, I think that pregnant women and women who have babies here and are working mums uh, are very much penalised here by comparison to the UK. Anyway, Sarah says, "My I'm a first-time mum. I'm an HSE employee, waited a long time to get my precious son, born by C-section. I had many plans for us once my six-week recovery was complete. However, COVID struck on the seventh week. During my difficult pregnancy, I prayed every day that my beautiful boy would be born healthy, that we would reach every milestone with great pride. I'm currently still waiting for my baby to get a hearing test along with physiotherapy. A WhatsApp call doesn't meet the needs of a baby. During my pregnancy, I dreamt of the time we would have together bonding, making new friends Things like that. I never dreamt it would be to sit in front of a mirror for my son to see a baby's face. Uh, my baby was... B- another baby's face, I suppose. Uh, my baby was born on the same day as his 84-year-old great-grandmother. They've only met once, and please God, they'll get another chance before it's too late. My actual family are in Galway. I have no physical support during this difficult time, and it's affected my mental health. Further strain with a lot of other mums and that I have no childcare for my son when I'm due to return to work. Do I quit my job that I studied hard for? Um, that I have worked days and nights to provide a medical service to the public working in the HSE. Do I use all my parental days and miss out on further milestones in the future? Ask the Taoiseach, can we please have an extension to our maternity leave? Uh, please get our plea out there and please help our babies, says Sarah. In fact, Amundo, there is um, a Facebook group that has nearly 30,000 people signed up to it now. Support maternity leave extension 2020. Amy, good morning.
3: Good morning, how's it
1: going? I'm good, and you can relate to Sarah, you can relate to your own story, of course, and to Selma and other, and other emails and texts that I've been reading out. What's your own situation?
3: My own situation is actually very, very similar to Sarah's. Um, my baby was born through a C-section, and I, I suppose what we're really looking at is, we're looking at the aftercare, so postnatal care um and prenatal care for mamms who are definitely in a hard situation regarding money and the whole lot. But with this pandemic, when it started, um, everybody's, uh, sorry, a lot of um, women's appointments were deferred. They've been delayed. They've been cancelled. And so realistically, you know, we're talking about over 28,500 women's mental and physical health. It's just been put to the back burner. Um, And we really, really need these 12 weeks to... I suppose, realistically, you know, get ourselves better, um, ensure that our babies are okay. Um, it's not, as I've seen it earlier on, it's not about coffee time with friends. You yeah, because really that's,
1: that's what people are seeing, really, to be honest. Just put that point here, that, that many people feel that it's, it's mums who want more bonding time, to be able to meet with other mums who've had babies for, for chats, and, and, and that's well, a very important a part of, a of being a new mum.
3: Huh? Yeah, it's a bit of a slap in the face to be honest, because you know like I would have struggled um, with my own mental health when my baby was born um, he was born at the start of April and so I wasn't able to see my own mom I wasn't able to see my own dad and um, I couldn't share those experiences what I was feeling with any other woman around me only on an online platform and I just felt that I wasn't being listened to any like anyone that I could ring it was obviously over the phone you know what I mean like everything is over the phone everything's online there was no face-to-face contact with anyone mm. but the hospital staff. And when you come out of the hospital, that's it. You're done. Um, now, I was there for four days after um, having my baby. And I must say I was in CUMH. And it was the most fantastic experience that I've ever had. And um, it was my first time having a baby and it was great. But when I came home, I was expecting, like, you know, all my family to be rallied around to show off my little baba. And then after about a week, it got very, very real that I was on my own, obviously with my partner. But I was on my own and I couldn't access the help that I needed. Um, I, and, and I felt kind of... I suppose, you know, like you're lonely. You're definitely lonely. And what would have been
1: been better to have been able to meet more mums in a similar scenario to chat or to get advice or how's it going for you? I know about the creches. You're you're
3: very kind of vulnerable, you know. Um, And of course, like when you have a new dad around as well, like it's, you know, they're asking you the questions because you're supposed to know, (laughs) you know, like you're supposed to know everything. It's supposed to be natural. And When something doesn't go right, you just need somebody to talk to. Um, You need five minutes to get out of the house, you know, and we didn't have that. Um, So we were forced to, to, I suppose, really do it on our own. Now, thank God, like, everything is okay. But I still need those 12 weeks to access and and do face-to-face, like even counselling sessions to look at someone, to be able to talk to someone and not have, it's okay, sure, it's normal. But, like, sometimes you feel it's not normal, whatever's happening. Yeah. And I just feel that, you know, the government now, like, they've they've said so many times that they're taking it into consideration and that they're serious about
1: yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: But we handed this petition in on the 11th of June. And we're now in July. And, you know, there's a lot of women who are due back to work this week, who are due back to work next week, and we don't have answers. We don't know what happening. That's, they're
1: back going back um, after the 26 weeks? Or have many taken, yeah, or will they take have, the unpaid?
3: Some have taken, some have taken unpaid. Okay. Um, where They couldn't afford it, but they've taken it. Some are lucky to afford it. Um, I, unfortunately, am not one that can that can take it. Um, and, and the huge thing for me is that, you know, if I, you know willingly quit my job um, I then have to wait seven weeks for money to come in from the government um, and it will cost a lot more for the government in HAP schemes and in benefits than it would to extend it by 12 weeks So
1: the simple answer to this, euros. This, this How much?
3: It's 245 euros as the state maternity benefit
1: And this, the simple week. solution to this is to is to extend the maternity leave by an added three month period
3: Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 And as I said, like, you know, it's not for women to to have coffee dates, you know. Like we are not one bit interested in having coffee with somebody else. You know, we have other things on our mind that are a lot more important. Um, like I said, physical health, mental health. And that's like that's my prerogative. Like I want to be able to go and talk to somebody. I want to be able to go out and get physical like you know, and make sure that I'm that I'm physically okay for my baby.
1: Yeah, I know. But yeah, because the perception from some members of the public was it was about just being able to hook up with other mums. or to be able. And to, it's and easy
3: to say that. It is easy to say that because you know, isn't it easy being at, being at home with a baby twenty four seven? Like we don't want to be able to meet up for coffee and stuff. We want to be able to ensure that we are okay. Because there's nothing baby.
1: actually, stu- yeah. And you're talking about your mental, physical, and mental aspects, but because it is possible for pregnant mums to hook up with other, you know, pregnant or recently well, delivered babies. So the
3: restrictions have have a, a little bit now. So if we wanted coffee, we would absolutely go for coffee. <laughs> and like you know, there's plenty of coffee at night time when you're trying to stay awake to feed that baby. So you know, it's not about the coffee bit. Um, and it and it really is. Um, I suppose that you know, it's it's like we're being belittled a little bit. You know, for you know, you, ha- you already have this so much time off work, what you want to be off work more for. Like, I would love nothing but to go back to work, but I don't have childcare for my baby. That's day the day. other
1: aspect, childcare. You but, see, some people were saying yeah. that, that mothers who had just recently given birth felt, oh, we didn't get a fair shake here now because COVID-19, so maternity doesn't apply, and all of the things we should have been able to do, we should be allowed, allowed to do under more normal circumstances, give us an extra three months, you know?
5: Yeah, well, like, and that is part of this as well. Like, it's a very
3: small part of it. So, like, you know, the childcare, for instance, like, my mum has recently um, graduated college as a nurse and she is now 50. And I am not going to ask my mother to take time off her work after she doing four years of college to look after my baby so that I can go on the front line as well. Like, I work with the HSE as well. So, you know, like, we're now in a situation where we have no one to look after our yeah, child yeah. absolutely no one yeah I know and um, some creches aren't even taking up to twos
1: so, so what, will, what will mums do or dads do in a scenario where they can't get childcare
3: like what I'm looking at is I have applied for annual leave already because my workplace requests four weeks of advance um, for whatever you're going to do before you return to work so I've now requested annual leave and when my annual leave runs out I will have no option but to stay at home and that is me not re- not not going to work. And so my work then will obviously either fire or I quit. And so I then I have to wait for seven weeks for help off the government of my two hundred and thirty nine euros a week yeah. for my dependent. Yeah. And it, it costs more. So if twenty eight thousand women are do this, it's gonna cost them more. It will. And the yeah. Way, yeah. the reason I say twenty eight thousand and not twenty eight and a half is because Sometimes, like just say 500 of those women will be lucky enough to take the unpaid leave. They'll be in a financial situation where they can or, you know, their partner has a fantastic job where it allows them to do that. That's great. And I, I urge them to take it because this is ridiculous. You know, we we don't have money here. We might have a surplus of 50 euros in the month. That will not get us through what we need to get through if this
1: doesn't go ahead. Okay, okay. I, I have a much clearer picture now, as you say, even the financial implications to the state. Uh, hold on there if if you wish to do so, because you might want to respond to this email. I hope you and the team are well. I, have, I seem to have a lot more time to listen to the show now that I'm on maternity leave since March. My beautiful baby girl was born on the 23rd of March. She's our firstborn. As you can imagine, it wasn't the birth we had planned, but we got on with it. Unlike others. Why do I say unlike others? Well, I can't understand the big drama with new mums and dads during COVID-19. Yes, the dad can't be there for the whole birth. Yes, it's a special moment. But to see these other new mums whining non-stop about it online is irritating the hell out of me as a new mum. There are women way worse off than them. They should be glad that their babies are healthy. I saw one girl I know putting up a pity post on Facebook about how they won't get to take a picture with the father, with the baby and the car set out on the way of the, and and the car set on the way to the, out of the, oh yeah, they couldn't take the photograph of the baby and the car uh, coming out of the CUMH, or they wouldn't be able to have balloons in the ward. All that, all that's wrong with them is they were disgusted they were losing out on the pictures they could post online. And get plenty of attention. And then don't get me started on the new mums who wanted extra maternity leave because of how the COVID hasn't impacted them. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw there was a petition during the rounds to get that extended. They say they feel hard done by and they want more time off. Are these women for real? Most of them are already getting paid for being on holidays, and now they want extra. They're using the excuse that their babies are missing out on toddler time, toddler groups. My backside. They're just annoyed, they're missing out on coffee mornings and missing out on all the natter and a chance to show off who has the latest and best baby buggy. I personally can't wait to go back to work. The minute my maternity leave is up, I'll be back in the office. I worked up until the last few days of my pregnancy. I actually worked out until the last few days of it also, so I'm glad to say I'm back into my size 8 jeans. I was back into them within a few days. Just because you're pregnant, this excuse of eating for two, I found, was an excuse just to pig out. It's not like that at all. We see the likes of Posh Spice, Abby Clancy, all within a few weeks back in their old clothes. And it's not because they have this magical personal trainer at home with them. They just weren't lazy. And they continue to exercise. Just because you fall pregnant, it doesn't mean you have to let yourself go. I know I'm I'm the talk of the town. Uh, I know I am the talk of the town, uh, but I'm just being honest. And you wouldn't believe I had a baby, but let them at it. I think you wouldn't believe you had a baby because you're back into your size 8. From what I've learned is, is that being pregnant doesn't mean you're sick. Being pregnant doesn't mean you have to stop doing all of the things you used to do. What I learned is that women who are pregnant really take advantage in so many situations. Again, ladies, remember you're not sick, you're just pregnant. Thanks for taking the time to read this out. I would come on air if I could, but I'm actually busy working out and catching up on housework when your show is on. Keep up the great work, says Kate. What do you think of that? Doesn't do It di- <sighs> kind of does a disservice okay, so to on. women, doesn't it?
3: <laughs> First of all, fair play to Kate for getting into her size 18 because, you know, I found that an impossible task. I was never a size eight. So, we we'll start there. She says, if you um,
1: exercise, you will, and don't be eaten for two, yeah. she says.
3: <laughs> you know what? I, you like, have
1: a great laugh, Amy, in fairness to you. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> I get that from all the hearty food I eat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's a disservice oh to God. women an email like that, though, isn't
3: it? Do you know, it's, as I say, like, I'm going to use it again, another slap in the face. Um, Kate, obviously... You know, is a great person there who's off doing her exercise right now while I'm talking to her. That's great. <laughs> um, I was too busy writing out stuff, being like, this is what I want to say, and this is what I want to say. But, like, you know, at the end of the day, um, she said, She says, times, it's not uh, a
1: sickness. Have the baby, yeah. get back into your I size think- A's, and get back to work.
3: She said, right. It's not a sickness. Um, and I fought for my work as well. Um, so I was pushed out of work in October um, of 19 and I wasn't due my baby until April. So I haven't been working for a long time already. Um, and as I said to you already, I can't wait to get back to work. But I just can't see how I'm going to go to work if there is nobody to mind my baby. Um, so, you know, she said a few points there, you know, about the balloons and the pictures and stuff, but that's not what we're talking about. I don't think any mom, um, well, that I've seen of the 28,500 women have said, you know, they're sad that they didn't get a picture with the dad in the delivery seat or whatever. Like, I had my partner there for 12 hours and he was gone. Good luck and thanks. Oh, I, know, and I was I kind of glad. I, know, I, know, I was I know. a little bit glad because I was going, you know what, get out of my face you now. I need to do whatever I need to do. And it was fantastic. You know, but of course it's sad, like... Of course, it's going to be a point that some women are going to put across, but that's not what we're fighting for, you
1: know. You see, they also see, other, the they also see other they also see other stories. Somebody texted here: Claire Byrne from RTE went back to work two months after giving birth to her last child. Texted here says, "When I had my child, when I had my children, I had twelve weeks maternity leave, six weeks before the birth, six weeks after."
3: Yes, and my partner's mother has actually said to me that long ago they were six weeks after the baby back to work, and I don't know how they did it. Yeah. You know, fair play to them yeah. because. I I had a section as I said earlier so six weeks after the birth and my scar was reopening I wasn't going back to work it wasn't happening you know Um, and I don't know how women did it and how they still do it fair play to them but for me that's not that's not happening you know Um, like he is three months just gone Saturday and I'm now going okay I have another month and I'm back to work and you know I'm going can I bring him with me like I will bring him with me if that means I can go back to work,
6: but yeah, yeah. there
3: is no facility. I work in a disability service. Okay, okay. Um, it's not so just it's not okay. Like there's so, culture there. I understand. You know, it's not it's just not.
1: about coffee mornings with the other mums. I get it. Okay, no. Okay. No. Did you cover all of the points that you wrote down in preparation for this? I hope you did. <laughs> I hope I do. All right, girl. Mind yourself. I have other calls on this after 10. Thank you, Amy. Appreciate Lovely, it. Lovely. Thanks
7: very
3: much. And a
1: couple of emails as well that I get to after 10 this morning. The Neil Prenderville Show.
3: With Tesco. Save time and
7: shop online. Simply log on to tesco.ie.
1: Okay, text 0868104106 Busy morning this morning. Lily, good morning.
7: Good morning, Neil. This is Lily. I have a... A daughter had a baby During the the pandemic Oh right
1: First baby Second
7: baby Tenth baby Second baby Second baby Okay And she had a section It was on the 21st of April And that woman That was on That sent email What bull she was talking A load of bull My daughter went through
1: Which email um, Which email though I read out half a dozen
7: About the About the woman That said You should do your exercise Do your uh, exercise
1: Get back into your Size 8 jeans And go back to work
7: was she telling people, in that silly? Like, was she telling people that they should be into a side eight after a baby? I suppose,
1: you know she, I mean? saw, I suppose she saw the petition online, um, which has been signed by uh, thousands and thousands of young mums who want an extension to their maternity leave. And some people believe it's because they want more kind of quality time with the baby and they want to hang out more with their friends. I'm not saying well, that, do- but that's well, some. my of the daughter's
7: in, in a crash. She walks in a crash and she. Do we need extra time? Because she has two kids on the she left two kids on the two, and she works in the question. But it's no harm them to have extra time off. I think because they need it to spend time with their kids. You know.
1: Yeah, because they didn't get to do the things that they would have been doing because of the pandemic. Is it where they couldn't no, meet friends right. or go out, or they couldn't get a lot of their um you know
7: not n- even that it's, it's just medical
1: checkups set-up. and stuff like that.
7: Yeah. The stress of the pandemic as well. Like, I think the stress of the whole lot that like trying to bring the babies back up to get their injections and all that, you know, it, to be out there with the pandemic, you know.
1: But your daughter uh, must be a bit of a superwoman, though. She got a C section during the lockdown, uh, had other is. children to look after, and is back working.
7: She's not back working, no. She's oh, not she's back not. Working back. Yet. Okay. No, okay. no. She'd she be due back in November to childcare. She's working in childcare.
1: Okay. And has, does, does she feel that this. The second baby was very different to the first because of the carry-on.
7: Oh, she did. She, was, I mean, she could. We couldn't go near her. None of us. There was no one. Her husband was in the front line, and you know, and he only two weeks off, and then she had the rest of the time herself. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so feel, it was very hard. You feel that women are entitled to or should get a three-month temporary extension?
7: Um, yes, yeah, most
1: specifically.
7: Okay. And okay. a woman that an emails talking to her backside because I don't know what she's saying.
1: She's saying the opposite. She's saying, you know, yeah, you
7: know. yeah, yeah. Get into a size eight pants. What's that kind of uh, mother? Get into a size eight.
1: Rate? Don't be eating for two. She said as well.
7: Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. She must. Her child must be both ten. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. Let me get some more calls and emails. Thanks, Lily. In regards to you and your daughter. My son was born on the sixteenth of March. He has spent the first three months of his life in lockdown. He has also not had the medical checkups, and no dates been given. I'm lost for childcare. And they're still not fully open and they don't even know if they can take the new babies on. How can I think about returning to work in September in these uncertain circumstances? I cry with the very thought of it. The unpaid 16 weeks is not an option for us. Mortgages have to be paid. Uh, One last note, maternity leave is paid uh, 245 euro. The the COVID-19 payment was 350 We need answers for our babies, says Mary Devlin, calling for a three month extension to the maternity leave like twenty eight and a half thousand other mothers have as well. Um, And one here from Jared. he says, can you ask the, the Taoiseach, Miel Martin, what is he going to do with new mothers and the issue surrounding extending maternity leave due to the crisis? Because creches are saying they can't take anyone under one. Due to COVID restrictions, what are parents to do? No one can afford to take unpaid leave, so we need extended support now. My wife and I are very anxious over the whole situation, uh, so a decision is required immediately so we can have some certainty like many others across the country. This is Jared Sheehy. Thank you for those. And there are many more. Lots then uh, over the last uh, week with regards to travel and quarantine and some direction in that regard. But what do you guys make of uh, Rory Cowan? Because that's a big ticket item at the moment. I know Biddy Kelleher is an issue and I know a lot of upset within Fianna Fáil with uh, who is ignored for... And ministerial portfolios and things like that, maybe lack of women in cabinet as well as another issue uh, and junior ministries. Uh, but as to whether or not uh, Brian Cowan will uh, address the doll or what Micheál Martin has to say on the matter, That'll be interesting because the, the thing, of course, that everybody is told is do not drive unaccompanied on a provisional license and never, ever drink and drive. So that's a sticky wicket that Rory, uh, that uh, Brian Cowan finds himself in. And indeed, to another, to a large extent, the Taoiseach himself. Claire, good morning. Thanks for holding. Appreciate it. Did you, did, did you sign opinion. up that petition?
8: I did indeed, Neil. I did. And look, I'm somebody who actually, I'm lucky enough that I won't need the extension if it's offered. But I have to voice the support in favour of mothers who aren't in a fortunate position. I mean, I think realistically, when I listen to you, the emails against the extension, the big message is yes, it's great. And you are.
1: Move around there, Claire. Bad, bad phone line there, Claire. Move around a little bit. The argument against it. Can you hear me all right?
5: Yes, absolutely. The
1: argument against it is summed up in that email earlier on saying that um, that women are being precious.
8: Yes. And look, Neil, I, I mean, I think when people are looking at it from a very closed-minded perspective, they're saying, well,
1: wait, I bounced back. I bounce back, is it? Yeah. Sorry about that. We'll try and improve that phone line. We'll do it after the break. Donald standing by. Line up, Donald and Amber, and see if we can clear up the line for Claire. And we'll come back to it then. At that stage, see how we go with it. Text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Pick up the phone on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. I'll try and come back to you, Claire. Donald. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? Clearly, this is from a man's perspective. I wonder, do we have any entitled opinion? But what have you got to say anyway?
9: I was just a bit shocked listening to that lady the way she was speaking. I I, I just thought uh, she should be more understanding. Um, particularly to. Um, women who might experience uh, psychological problems after a pregnancy and after the birth of a baby. Uh, I just think that was so different to every one of us, like uh, individually, uh, handling things differently, uh, psychologically and physically. And I think to make a sweeping statement like she did um, was a bit wrong, really. And to t- be up against
1: the No, You know, you're saying because of people who may be suffering psychologically. Because of a birth during COVID, and not being able to be in touch with family, friends, natal appointments, checkups, and things like that, um, that an extension of three months should be given um, to normalise things.
9: I think, regardless of the COVID, I, mean, I, I, I think everybody is different, and I think uh, individuals will, will have different situations, family situations. Uh, they'll be physically uh, differently able to cope and mentally differently able to cope. So we can't all, uh, all women can't just rush back to work in, the, in their size 8 dress and, and, and go to the gym and all the rest of it. And I just found that was extraordinary stuff coming from a woman. If it was a man was speaking that way, I'd probably say, yeah, well, as you could expect it, but... I I just felt for a woman to be saying it was a bit over the top to be honest, with you. and I think she should reconsider what she said and, and uh, apologise. Yeah, but to,
1: but the, she's not alone really because the the pushback on the petition and women wanting demanding and feeling entitlement to three extra month was was that they, they wanted because they were cheated of their maternity because it wasn't the same as it should have been.
9: Yeah, and I don't think that's a uh, you know I, I, I think all right maybe 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 they were cheated and, and maybe maybe they didn't get a raw deal and maybe that that does need to be extended to give them the chance
1: to, uh, I suppose... A more idyllic, a more idyllic maternity leave.
9: Have a a, normal return after pregnancy, do you know what I mean?
1: I do. Okay, let's see if that's a better line. Thank you for that, Donald, as always. See if the Claire line is better. Claire, good morning.
8: Hi, Neil. Sorry Okay, go ahead. Just make make your points,
1: then I'll get as many people on as I can. Go ahead.
8: Perfect, brilliant. Thanks, Neil. Listen, Neil, I am one of the lucky people who wouldn't need to avail of the extension if it was granted, but I just have to voice my support in favour of those who aren't as fortunate because uh, to be honest, I mean, really this comes down to a healthcare pre birth and postnatal healthcare issue and access to childcare. I think we all understand, all the mothers, we all understand that everybody is looking for something, everybody's fallen on hard times and we aren't looking for a handout. This isn't an opportunistic money grabbing exercise. It purely is about being able to actually reach the point of to healthcare that we would have gotten had everything not locked down. You know, all of us are are falling behind on healthcare checkups, on appointments. There's babies that aren't getting diagnoses that they need. There's mothers that have babies with hearing difficulties who aren't getting appointments, and the mothers can't be expected to both juggle work and like and go into these appointments, uh, and also just mentally for the mothers and physically. We haven't been being checked up either. So similar to your caller Amy, I had an emergency section, I haven't had any physical checkup. I'm still unable to drive and leave the house. Coffee dates are the furthest thing from my mind. Yeah,
1: that's been I the tell you, That's been the pushback you know, to it, it Coffee really dates is
8: yeah. very absolutely. And I think it's easy for someone not in the circumstance. I would have been the same. I would have I'm a workhorse. I absolutely would, would have understood that perspective. But it's a one perspective and these people who bounce back after two months, well good for them but they had the choice to bounce back and they had the choice of access to were all of
1: the Were all of the normal scheduled medical appointments for mom, mom, mom and baby all cancelled?
8: They were all cancelled the only appointment that I was able to access was Uh, the two-month vaccination, and that was given a month later for me. And I know in other parts of the country, I'm in Dublin, other parts of the country, public health nurse appointments, any visits, any hospital visits, any unnecessary non-essential ones were cancelled and only a small number of essential ones were actually followed through with. And I think a lot of mothers haven't been making the necessary calls because we're also nervous of actually attending a hospital. So there's that factor as well.
1: And do you think then that all of those appointments will fall due and on? when many mums have gone back to work.
8: I think they'll have to be nailed because it's health at the end of the day babies have to reach developmental milestones and at the moment I don't know who my baby is you know so I think I'm one of many who probably have a very straightforward child's development but there are other mothers who, who are, are suspecting I'd say at this stage that they need to have necessary health checkups so they'll have to be honored. Okay. They'll fall behind behind one another and behind new babies being born, I'd imagine.
1: Okay, let me get Grace on the air here. Thank you so much. Much obliged to you. Uh, Grace, good morning.
8: Hi, Lee. How are
7: you?
1: Okay, you had a baby uh, 21st of July. I
7: had a baby on the 21st of April. I was trying to. Oh, what am I talking I about?
1: You're sorry, I'm reading the screen all wrong. 21st of April. Should we aren't even no. at the 21st of July. My apologies. Go ahead.
7: You're grand. I had a baby on 21st of April by section. It was my second section. I had a 18 month old at home. So it was a total different experience. Now, I didn't mind my husband not being there because I understood that, that was to protect us. And I completely agree. As long as you have a healthy baby, That was the most important thing. So that sacrifice was fine. But what I feel is getting missed during the conversation is the fact of the anxiety of sending your six-month-old back into a crèche or back into a babysitter where they could potentially be opened up to a lot of risk of maybe catching it and your baby is still so small at that age. Their immune systems are
1: small. Yeah, so but small. where like the, where are we with COVID nineteen and newborn babies or even children for that matter? They're not a risk.
7: They're they're saying they're they're saying it's not a risk, but it's a new it's a new disease. It always changed. When I was pregnant, I obviously asked, was I at risk? Was the baby at risk? And what constantly got told to me is that it's devolving, that it's constantly evolving, that we're constantly learning new things about it. And I was never able to give, be given any guarantee. Okay,
1: okay. So it's, it's, not, it's not really much so much at. an extension of maternity that you're interested no. in. It's the uh, issue involving children going into creches.
7: It's good. It's like, I actually work in a creche myself. And I'm aware that when children first start in a creche, what we always say is they are going to pick up everything. But their immune system will build up. Like I've worked in childcare thirteen years, mm-hmm. and I'm well. It's actually in a baby room that I work. I'm a supervisor in the baby room, and I'm well aware that when you first start in a crash, or in any new in a baby in any new environment where they're not exposed, they do pick up a lot of viruses and bugs and everything else because it's both strengthening their immune system.
1: Okay so that's the worry for you. Can I just ask you because I'm going to keep ploughing ahead here but do because you, yeah. you're in a crèche is, is is it is it true that many many new parents can't get places in crèches because they're going to be less children and you're going to be prioritizing those that were there last year is it?
7: Yeah, I obviously those who have a place already and those with siblings will be prioritized.
1: So where where will all the parents with new babies go?
7: That's the question. I I that is the million dollar question and that's another reason why as mothers that we are looking for the extension I'm fine that my, my mother will actually be minding my baby and my mother-in-law but both of them, my mother-in-law has asthma, my mom has a heart condition now I also have the fear of if I send my baby up to them or my eating, my toddler up to them and they have, she has a sore throat or he has a sore throat or if he has a temperature Am I exposing them to something completely dangerous? To something life-threatening?
1: The times we live in. Thanks for that. Back after the break on one 104 four, one hundred six. Thanks, Grace, uh, and uh, thanks also to Claire. Back after these.
0: The Neil Prendeville
1: Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Neil, good morning.
5: Good morning, Neil. How when, are you? When
1: you refer to um, a perfect scenario of childbirth, are you talking about Kate's email where she says things like, um, you know, uh, being pregnant, like pregnant doesn't size
5: mean... Eight beams ...and me- meeting up with people. It's not Coffee morning, eight,
1: size 8s, and get out and get yeah. back to work. Pregnancy doesn't mean sickness.
5: Like, I'm lucky. My children are, are older now. I have a 20-year-old and a 15-year-old. But when I gave birth to my son back 20 years ago, it was a horrific birth that I had. I didn't get an emergency section and I was quite sick afterwards. I actually got an infection in my wound and I had to be seen by a public health nurse every day for six weeks. Yeah. So, like, it's not that scenario for every single parent. So there have been, been no public health
1: nurse, nurse, nurse visits for women who had infections or, you know, oh, no, check
5: she used to come, to the public health nurse came to my house. Now I, I mean,
1: no, I mean now under the oh. current...
5: Oh I don't I can't I don't know because I'm not in that situation. Um like I mean everything was closed down. Okay, but the point the I point, point being
1: um that it's not women aren't being precious while pregnant.
5: No, I don't think so. I mean everybody from what it sounds from that lady that sent in the email, she obviously had a, a lovely experience for her birth. And was able to bounce back, and probably. Like, she says she was back into her
1: size eight jeans. Um, uh, she days. worked out within a few days. She was back into her yeah. size eight. She wasn't eating for two. She wasn't sick. She just no, had. But I baby. can
5: tell you, she wouldn't be back working out and fitting into her size eight jeans if she had a section. Mm. Mm. You know, like It's it, it, that's like it's a surgery. You know, you're not allowed to do anything for six she weeks. She says they're
1: missing out on coffee mornings and all the natter and a chance to show off their latest baby buggy.
5: No, and and if people want to do that, why can't they do that? Like being becoming a parent is is a great experience, especially when it's first time around. It's not for people like like that. As I said, everybody has a different experience, so it needs to come down to the experience versus um people's perception of. But wouldn't it, of but the, how the last few behave. months
1: there would have been plenty of time to be shown off after- the. The baby buggies and going and for coffee. Work. It probably
5: wouldn't have been, really. Like, where could you go for coffee? You could go for coffee nowhere unless it was takeaway. You couldn't bring people to your home. Mm. Do, do you know, like, they, they have been very restricted, to, to be fair. You know, it, we, people have given birth in very difficult, strange times.
1: My daughter's expecting her third child next month. She says that she has never felt had it better. She's treated like royalty and everything because everywhere is empty. She can go anywhere. She said, I'm not sure what these women are complaining about at the moment. There was never more opportunities because things are so quiet.
5: Probably quiet inside in the maternity hospital, maybe, yeah. But like, and I, I suppose if she's to her baby next month, she's probably having it at a better time when things have opened up.
1: True enough, yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: Do you know, like you're you're going to experience, like I don't know. I know that, that somebody next door to me had a baby, and their husband was literally allowed into the hospital for the birth, and that was it. And out to go after.
1: That. Okay, so it's not it's not all plain sailing, particularly if there are complications, particularly if it's an issue regarding um, um, premature babies that might spend more time in in hospital or in neonatals, or c- or C sections and issues like that. No.
5: Definitely not, and every everybody's case is totally different to everybody. You know, it's an individual thing having giving birth to
1: people. Okay did you did you get caught with flights as well and refunds? Yeah. Uh,
5: well, we haven't got a refund because um, Michael O'Leary is going to fly our flight to Lanzarote on the fourth of August, and um, so we can't get a refund. The only option we have is to change our flights at a cost to us. We have, um, we're have we coming back with Aer Lingus. The Aer Lingus have offered vouchers up to the 16th of August and we're due back on the 18th of August. Oh, for now, God's sake. I want you to ask Michael, or John Martin, what exactly do the government want people to do? They don't want us to travel, but at the same time they want us to forfeit our money.
6: Aren't you, yep. I don't
5: want to travel, but I feel that we're being forced into travelling because we don't want to forfeit our money.
7: Gotcha. Like, we yep. booked
5: our flights before the pandemic. There has to be... Like, Michael O'Leary, if you book a flight now, you'll get um, a change of fee. Like, I'm happy to take a voucher. He has my money. Do you know? I'm not, I'm not looking for my money back. But I just want him to stand up. And I also... They
1: won't give to ask, the vouchers. They won't give the refunds. So sure no. They won't because the flights no. are going. Yeah, The I flights
5: know. are going. So, All basically, right. we're breaking... Our contract with Ryanair. That's it, and that's what
1: they're standing behind. Okay, Nev, that's uh, on the list. We came, yeah, very quickly, yeah.
5: Me, Martin, as well. What is their plan for schools going back in September?
1: I have that. I have that. We came home last night on a Ryanair flight from Lanzarote. There were only twelve people on board. I asked the flight attendant how many came out on the flight, and she said there was twenty-two people, uh, but there was meant to be eighty-six, and sixty-four were a no-show. I'm just glad to be home. So there was supposed to be 86 coming back, 64 were a no-show. Um, so that just gives you an example of how many people are actually going or how many people also are not going and are not getting refunds or vouchers. Back after the break.
0: This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet
1: the show at Neil Red NeilRedFM. One hundred four to one hundred six, Red FM, and you can text 104 hundred four one hundred six. Quite an amount of people then on yesterday on Friday's uh, program regarding um, the big increase in uh, terminations and abortions in Ireland since we passed legislation uh, to allow for uh, terminations in the country. It went from something like two hundred and eighty thousand to 6666 um, and we had many people on on that one was jerry and kim says i was sitting here listening to listening to jerry talking about abortion issues and it's infuriating first of all he doesn't seem to understand that contraception even, even if it's used perfectly can fail secondly uh, because that was one of the points he was making why would you ever have a termination if you took precautions secondly he keeps saying the embryos embryos are right to life Is he there also beating his drum for all the embryos and the fertility clinics that are sat there frozen? Don't those babies have a right to life? If life starts at conception, I'd like to hear his plans on what to do with those, says Kim. Uh, Just want to weigh in on men giving their opinions on abortion. Uh, How does a man think he can dictate what a woman does with her body? You cannot force someone, anyone, to put their body through something as traumatic as childbirth against their wishes. I would just like to see a man go through it and see how he feels. The vast majority of people in this country think abortion is wrong, as old men who still believe they have the right to dictate what a woman does with her bodies. But this is not the bloody nineteen forties, says Lisa. And then Rita says the amount of abortions is actually heartbreaking to say the least, when you think of the countless amounts of couples who were trying and have tried for years to have a family and pay unspeakable amounts of money, uh, and yet people can go in freely willy-nilly and terminate a pregnancy i find it shocking with the amount of different resources and precautions in terms of contraceptives these days it comes down i believe to laziness and a lack of common sense if you don't want to get pregnant do something about it contraception works Uh, i had a baby in my late teens and i feel if abortion was accepted and legal back then My now beautiful child would have been aborted. I hate to think of what my decision would have been had it been legal and acceptable, but I'm so grateful for my child now. I count my blessings every day. I didn't make it to college, but I made things work. I never claimed social welfare, but instead worked full time. And we have a perfect family. Teach responsibility rather than abortion options. Neil, can you or your people at the radio station please look up in any dictionary the word murder? And read out on air exactly what it says. Now, after you do that, can you tell me, does life begin at conception or does life begin when a human being takes their first breath? We cannot have it every way that pleases us, says Emma, who is glad that her child was reared and glad that she didn't have uh, the legal option to have an abortion in Ireland back in the day. So keep all of those coming. We'll come back to them throughout the course of the morning. I'm waiting on... Uh, the Taoiseach, uh Miha Martin, as soon as he 's available we 'll put him on air. We also dealt with um, on the on the show over weeks and weeks nursing homes um, and also the fact that for a long long time at the start of the pandemic, many people were screaming that nursing homes were being ignored and then there was lots of support then for uh, Dr. Tony Holland. Um, because of the news regarding his uh, wife going into palliative care and him stepping away. I want to get many of those uh, texts on air also. But I'd like to start by saying in a personal note, I do feel sorry for Tony Holland and and everything his family is going through. I believe it must have been a very difficult few months for him and I wish him the best for the future. Uh, I'm speaking now in a professional capacity. Some aspects of this pandemic were handled well, but we cannot forget what happened in nursing homes. And how our most vulnerable people were treated. Nursing homes were begging for help at the start of this pandemic, all of which was ignored. Instead, they rented out private hospitals at a cost of millions, all of which, remember, were never utilised. At the beginning, the nurses and healthcare workers were advised against wearing face masks, unless unless nursing a COVID patient... Uh, this was enforced by the hospitals, with some nurses being forced to remove masks or be reprimanded. That's why our healthcare infection was so high. Um, it's great that they're able to speed up reopening the country, but there's something wrong if we can go for a drink, get our hair done and our nails done, but we're still unable to get cervical or breast cancer screening. On a different note, I don't think we should be so quick to forget Dr. Houlihan's involvement in the cervical c- check scandal and his treatment of cervical cancer patients. Uh, and the advocate Lorraine Walsh, says Tina, with regards to issues from last week's programme. But I do have the Taoiseach by phone now. Uh, Mihal Martin joins me. Uh, Mihal, good morning. Good morning. And, uh, front, front of the Independent, my says, Fianna Fall in turmoil, Cowan faces doll grilling in a drink drive ban shame. I mean, you've had an incredibly difficult week, to, to say the least. I mean, you have that issue. You had uh, Billy Kelleher, of course, and he's in the news because he came back from Brussels and didn't go into quarantine. Derek O'Leary freaking out Michael Moynihan Jim O'Callaghan but Barry Cowan what's going to happen there for somebody who has a conviction for drink driving
10: I just could have said the first instance notwithstanding all of that my entire focus focus for the last week has been on the, the, the core issues Facing the country in terms of COVID nineteen itself, the, the travel issue, um, which we dealt with in Friday, at the, and which will, in the cabinet subcommittee, which will go to the cabinet today in terms of international. No, travels. I get to, I get to that in a moment. So I to say, oh, I'll come back. I'll deal with all those issues. Don't worry. And the other key issue in terms of getting children back to school in September, um, and dealing with the, the ongoing necessity to keep the community transmission of coronavirus down, because if we don't do that, we we'll find it very difficult to e- e- engineer economic recovery. And that's part of the work of the Cabinet this week in terms of the job stimulus programme. Michael McGrath will be involved with that with, with the Taunas today. I mean, Michal, and I,
1: I, have,
10: yep. I have all of that. So, so I'm going to try and get to those points. No, but people, what, no, I just want to make the point that that's the kind of issue that has dominated me for the last week as well. In terms of, 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 of the, minister, the, the, the ministerial appointments, I knew the day I was appointed that once I would make those appointments that there would be a lot of difficulty afterwards uh, because we just didn't have enough posts uh, for the number of people who obviously were hoping to get selected and had ambition to get selected, which is is fine, I have no difficulty with people having that, but there simply wasn't enough positions there, uh, and that was going to create difficulty, and it did create difficulty and anger among some individuals. But I I, I would have anticipated that, and there was no way out of that. Mm. Uh, but again, I think we have to keep the focus on the issues that that affect the public most in relation to Barry Cohn. Uh, I didn't know uh, about that until Friday. Um, and... He he did. I mean, at the time, uh, he I think received penalty points in relation to it, uh, and he was put off the road Mm -hmm. um, and um, given the level above um, the limit that he was. um, And he himself has uh, apologized profusely, you know, profoundly. He he, he's very ashamed of it. Uh, He has said that. Um, Now, I did. I wasn't aware of it at the time. Um, Should he have said it um, to you? Should he have told you? He should should have. Yeah, and I said that to him and he should What did have made you say? To him? What did you say to him? Um look I'm d i asked him what happened uh, and so on. I said you, you should have alerted me to that. He said he was very ashamed of it um and um it was an appalling lapse of of, of judgment uh on his part um and um and and he accepted you know uh, the punishment at the time
1: and so on. Um and, and that's that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's like two things that we're being told always in, in this country is is don't drink and drive and don't drive alone on a provisional licence. Like he did both, notwithstanding the fact that he was a forty nine year old man still on a provisional licence. It's it's bizarre, isn't it?
10: Well, the, the historically in the country many people drove on provisional licenses for quite a long time um, uh, no, I'm not excusing that by the way um, and um, he has since has a full license um, but, but again I wasn't aware of that and um, and again th- th- this was something that happened some years ago um, that said uh, I think he he is fully aware um, of the lapse of judgment that this involves, and is that good? Uh, is that
1: good enough for you? This, if for the UK, some would say this would be a resignation issue. He would just fall on the sword and go, or at least if he didn't do that, that you would sack him. No? Well, I think the. the, the in terms of, of
10: justice being metered out, I mean, he 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 you know, it he, he did get dealt with at the time four years ago. Now, are you going to condemn someone forever for the rest of their lives uh, for something that might have happened four years ago um, or five years ago? I think there was a, an, an issue of proportionality
1: in that regard. I mean, yeah. is that the end of it? Will he address the doll on this matter?
10: He may very well do that, yes. yeah, um, And um, he, he
1: may seek to do that. With regards, to, with regards to Billy Kelleher then, uh, this is another blatant disregard of the rules that everybody in the country has been asked to follow. He came back from Brussels uh, when we weren't even supposed to be travelling county to county, if you recall. Uh, went straight to the convention centre, then went to the Doll restaurant to hang out with colleagues. When your family didn't even go to Dublin for your swearing in a Taoiseach. No, they didn't, because Mary and the kids knew,
10: you know, that, that from county to county you couldn't travel. Um, no, essential workers can. Um, no, I know that, but what regard, of, like, yeah. with, with Billy, like, what, what, what was, was that about? It? i don't know <laughs> I, I, there was no need for him to travel um to the convention center, obviously it was a big day in terms of formation of a new government um and um he he has accepted that he, what he did was wrong in that regard, that there was no necessity to do it um and um he's apologized for that and um again they've recently gone back to Brussels in terms of the European Parliament but he, he is an essential worker um, and there are exempted workers but that that's an area that, that will have to be um, I think addressed more specifically because there are exemptions there for certain workers who are in a position to travel but that said he didn't have to be at the Convention Centre at all So people uh, the, the see
1: politicians travel. who have to be held to the highest accountability whether it's Brian Cowan or Billy Keller, not doing it. Um, isn't, aren't they the kind of things you should be stamping down on straight away and not tolerating it, tolerating whatsoever?
10: Well, I mean, in, in terms of both cases, I think in terms of Billy Keller, he, he has issued a statement yesterday profoundly apologizing for what he did. He accepts it was wrong. There's own. been an
1: awful lot of apologies yeah. this week. I mean, Sinn Féin's Mary Lou traveling to a funeral of an IRA veteran. Maybe that even backs up what you've been saying all along. No clear physical distancing there. What kind of mixed messages is that putting out?
10: I think it sends out the wrong messages all around. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. Um, and I think, you know, that that's generated its own cont- controversy. And it's, very, it's raging in Northern Ireland at the moment, the controversy is. Um, and um, you know, we all know how difficult funerals have been for many, many families during um, COVID-19, where... Ten people, twelve people could only attend, and we've all lost friends. Uh, we couldn't attend their funerals, and that was that. I think compounded the grief for many, many families. Uh, and um, then when they saw the, you know, that that large funeral, obviously in 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 in, in the north, uh, again that caused uh, huge. Uh, Anger and frustration and concern. I think Michelle O'Neill has apologized in relation to anger that has been caused to people as the First Minister. Um, and again, you know, I have to try and, uh, you know, I, I accept the criticisms that you are making in relation to that. Uh my, my, uh, uh, that said, I think obviously we do want an Northern Executive to continue. We want the Assembly to continue. We, we want the Executive to continue. COVID nineteen actually.
1: No, so I, my point was Mary Lou. Mary Lou going to the funeral of yeah, uh, I, an I think, IRA veteran. I think there was a judgments made there. You know, that's, that's my. So is that what you've been saying about Sinn Fein all along? That they're really ballot box in the Armalite.
10: Look, I, I've made my position clear in in to aspects of Sinn Fein. are issues that the. Uh, in my view, should address and should have addressed. Uh, and um, that, that remains my position. Um, and um, okay. th- there's there a number of issues in relation to that, uh, th- that okay. funeral that I think people should reflect on.
1: Okay, then there's the newly appointed Minister for Children, Disability, Equality and Integration. I'm referring, of course, to uh, Roderick O'Gorman. Uh, and I know that this is very much up in the air regarding the British human rights campaigner, Peter Tatchell, uh, who uh, made some very, very disturbing uh, comments this guy tatchell uh, where he was saying that uh, um, friends as young as nine had sexual experiences with adults which gave them great joy and then um, uh, roger O'Gorman was uh, photographed with tatchell and he was a guest of the green party dublin pride parade uh, where are you on all of that is that a worry well, How? Uh, yeah, i think we need to be careful here yeah, um, yeah but, I, but, I, but is it is it an issue
10: Well, again, I have to uh, study that. I'm not uh, clear that what's been said in relation to certain people is the case. I I, I thought I saw something last evening where this was being denied um, by by the individual concerned uh, that he, he in no way condoned abuse of children. Uh, but again, I, uh, to be to be straight, i with uh, uh, Neil in relation to that. Uh, I, I would want to assess that you know in greater detail. Before, and will you be looking into topic.
1: it, or will you be talking well, it? the minister? I'm, not, look, I'm very
10: conscious of. Very I'm, I'm very conscious of uh, misrepresentation of people that can happen on social media. Uh, so I'm not going to. You know, uh, I can't be dictated. To I don't mean this in dictator, but you know I can't uh, just uh, start commenting on everything that appears on on, on the social media because sometimes people put it up in a very um, sort of uh, partisan way, yeah. Um, yeah. which may not be as accurate. Uh, At second glance, uh, in terms of what's been alleged and and in terms of what is being said. Uh, So, um,
1: uh,
10: you know, I I will uh, ask people in relation to that, but I think, in fairness to the Minister. But you'll at least be making
1: inquiries as to whether there's any volition to it. Yeah, but I don't,
10: I mean, I don't, I'm not clear as to how the Minister has been associated with this, uh, other than the photograph that appeared on social media uh, at the Pride pride parade. So, uh, you know, I think we need to. Just be cautious in terms of how uh, um, new endo is, is, is attached to that. And I would be very um, okay. wary of, of, of commenting on that. Now, so, until I, OK,
1: you know. so the cabinet meeting this morning, um, what will you be discussing with regards to people who want to travel, can't travel, can't get refunds from Ryanair, quarantining <laughs> and issues like that? Are you pushing all of that back now? Well, that's
10: on later today at the three o'clock. We, we had a cabinet uh, subcommittee meeting on Friday in relation to that the public health um, officials are very very concerned about what's happening internationally and are very concerned about the possibility of opening up international travel could happen but we're expecting a-, a list
1: of countries that are safe to go to is that going to happen?
10: That won't happen today, um, but we will uh, be indicating the timelines in terms of uh, and the methodology uh, in relation to how um, that gets developed. We're taking a cautious approach to reopening international travel—a uh, very cautious report, uh, approach. Why? Because we want to keep the community transmission of COVID nineteen down to the very low levels uh, as it is at the moment. I, I know that, and but it was it was, was the, was the
1: th- third week in July? That's not going to happen then.
10: It's, it's been, we will push back a decision to, to the latter part of July. And why are we doing that, Neil? Because what, what is our overarching objective for the next six weeks? I want to get the schools open. I want to get as many children back in school as possible in the end of August. I want also, you, I just heard you earlier, in terms of prior to the interview, talking in relation to uh, non-COVID relation to, uh, related uh, med- m- m- medical issues uh, diseases and, and and the need for diagnostics. As you know, when the ICU beds were full of... There are, other, I- not, there are
1: other issues, I'm, really, I'm just trying to get a straight answer to a <laughs> straight not, question. They're not, they're are you no, pushing back, I, will there be pushing, no list yes, of green I mean countries? I, we, have a,
10: we have a cabinet meeting today I don't want to preempt empt everything that's going to be decided at the cabinet meeting but I'm telling you, you, you can read between the lines we're going to be very cautious re- and I'm giving you the reasons why. Okay, the, so, the, 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 so, Just the two priorities are, we have to deal with education in schools and we have to deal with the non-COVID. Otherwise, if the hospitals if there was a spike in the next six weeks occasioned by international travel and the opening up generally, that would then impact on the capacity of our hospitals But why would it be any less safe uh, to go
1: overseas to a safe country and to distance when you're on holidays and why is that different to doing the same here on holidays in another county? But we
10: will be developing um, a list of countries to which it will be safe to go
1: uh, it won't be announced
10: today, but we will be developing that list. And it will be reviewed every fortnight. Because two weeks ago, what you might have considered to be a safe country wouldn't be safe today. You saw at the weekend, for example, in Catalonia, where uh, entire areas were locked down again. But, you saw in Britain, for example, where Leicester But why uh, are the fli- down But down why there. don't
1: you just ban flights then? So then at least other people, like I spoke to last week, many families. One woman, La Rosari, they lost €2,100 euro because Ryanair won't give the money back. One is a 79-year-old mother and the other is an 80-year-old father with underlying health conditions and Ryanair won't pay people back because there's the, there's this confusion the flights are going and you're recommending people not to go we've been recommending the government and the
10: state has been recommending people not to travel for quite a long time the travel advisors have been very very clear since but if you made it started. law
1: wouldn't Ryanair have to refund people you can't ban every
10: travel uh, uh, that wouldn't be feasible either uh, but I think Ryanair and others should treat their customers um, in, in, in a generous and proper, um, proper way in, in, in my view, but uh, again, the, the advisory has been not to, to partake in non-essential an travel um, and, and this is on public health grounds uh, it's a very serious virus and it's, it's one of the issues with the virus is that when people get it, particularly if they get into intensive care, they can be in intensive care for weeks So
1: you're saying the Ryanair um, should refund or give vouchers and just well, I think do the decent thing uh,
10: I think, the, look, the, the Ryanair will have to engage with its customers in, in, in the medium term. And I think the they have to be responsive. OK, but I mean, I just think they should. in, in my so And we will look, we have to But if you were to that say day.
1: that the country is banning all tourism outside off the island, then at least then they would have to refund, you see? No, not necessarily.
10: Look, Neil, we're not going to be doing that. It's not a total ban on travel. Um, and we are developing a roadmap to sort of where our country you know, on a fortnightly basis certain countries uh, would, which would be at the same level of ourselves or below our level of infection uh, would be safe to travel to um, and th- th- that will be in, in many ways a restricted list but we can't be, the country has to put the public health first, the state has to do that, the government has to do that the public health officials are concerned with the international volatility, you have seen what has happened in the United States uh, some countries in Europe that were good some weeks ago are in difficulty now. Great Britain is in difficulty, or certainly England is. But why are they uh, coming in into the, the country the then? Why
1: are they being allowed to come in And all the English red cars and camper vans and everything? There's loads of tourists from America, from the UK, all over Europe coming in here. Well, actually, there aren't huge numbers coming they in. Are, well, they uh, are, we because... In because, because in well,
10: they haven't been. I these, saw them in West Cork. was
1: around Glen vans, Gareth yeah. and Bantry.
10: They are. Yeah, but we'll just go through the numbers for, for April, May, uh, June. They weren't huge. Now, they will pick up in July, I acknowledge that. Um, but certainly they're, they're far, far below what they would ordinarily be. Far, far below that. Um, it and only takes
1: uh, one, though, doesn't it? One's too many. Well, have, yeah, well, yes, but one has to
10: have a proportionate and pragmatic response. No, uh, Irish people are
1: being advised not to go out of the country on holidays, but others are allowed to come here. But
10: we are advising our citizens in the interests of their safety uh, and in the interests of keeping the community transmission of the virus down. Huge progress has been made in relation to getting the virus down to where it is. Prior to the weekend, only 13 people were in ICU's across hospitals in the country. That's something we should maintain and try and keep. Will that change
1: with drunken crowds around? outside Dublin city pubs on the weekend? Will it mean now that you'll have to relook at lifting restrictions? Drunks can't distance clearly. Will there be a second wave, as is being suggested by medics, and will you shut the country down again if there is? Well, three
10: things on that. We have we have a report today from the Gardaí, because on Friday we asked the Gardaí to um, do a, a major weekend operation, and, and Operation Navigation did kick in on Friday evening. About 5,500 uh, pubs and licensed premises were, were, were inspected by the guards. The majority, by the way, were, were compliant, but there were breaches. Um, of, of the regulations and social distancing in a number of cases clearly uh, was not observed uh, so we're going to have to review that as you know pubs in general were due to open on the 20th of July Will you
1: push that back then um, because of what that, That's
10: seen. an issue that we will consider we've made no decision in relation to that but we've taken on board the Guards report
1: Because today. the pubs opened in the um, UK and they couldn't control it
10: But I think all of us have to behave responsibly in relation to this uh, and I think the, the majority of publicans did has to be said. But quite a number didn't. Um, And we are concerned about it. Um, And, um, you know, we'll be looking at this very, very carefully. Um, And in relation to we want to avoid a second wave that's why we're taking a cautious approach. Well, would there, would
1: it ever to, be contemplated to have another economic shutdown? Would that ever be necessary again? I think, as Tony Holland, I know, I spoke to last
10: week, um, uh, before, you know, before he had to obviously to take the time off to be with his family at uh, the time, most to, to, to be with his family in, in a very difficult circumstances, and I spoke to Ron and Glynn and others in and? the public health side. Um, you would. Oh. you still
1: there, Hall? Oh, that's tragic. i mm. not quite sure what happened there, Hall. Okay, I'll try again after the break. Hold on there. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now.
0: 086-8104-106. Red
1: FM. Unfortunately, I lost that line. We're endeavouring to get it back. If it happens in the next few minutes, well and good. Uh, but it was very unfortunate because I was conscious of the time that I had and I was trying to plough through as much as I could. It seems that with regards to... Um, you know, travel were none the clearer, but I think I might have him back at this stage again. behold you were just—I was just saying—with regards to another lockdown, do you ever envisage that happening again, even if there are spikes economically?
10: Yeah, I don't know how much of, of my answer you picked up, but what I was saying was, we probably—I spoke to Tony Hulhan, um last week um, bef- before he had to take time out to be with you Yeah, him. I, I got, I mean, got all of that part. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Basically, we would do things in a more nuanced way. Um, We learn lessons from the the first phase uh, and and, and what worked best. Uh, And as I said, uh, we we should all remember that the social distancing works best. Um, Washing one's hand, all of that is still critical to preventing the spread of the virus. Uh, But it depends on the nature of a second wave, if, if it was to occur, um and in terms of how one would respond to that but okay. public health people say one would their advice would be uh, you know you learn lessons from the first phase of what we did what worked uh, what was most effective and, and, and apply that and do you believe it was necessary now
1: in hindsight to lock down the economy or was that a mistake no i
10: think it had to be done okay. Uh, okay. In, 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 and I, I
1: do and I, what about and what about I think school measures
10: before that were effective the, you know demanding a mass gathering and all of that and what know?
1: about schools reopening then because the teachers don't seem to be up for it
10: I think we we have to get children back to school in the end of August. I of a view that the we limit the life chances of children if they're out of school for far too long. My view is that this is about the development of the child that comes first. And child development will be impaired if um, they're not back at school. How are you going to, going to do it though if the unions are raising questions? Well, we will work with all concerned. Um, and uh, I think we can... Get, get get this resolved uh, I'm going to spend a lot of time on this over the next number of weeks with the Minister for Education Public Health personnel and the COVID Committee will meet again to, to, because all of the Detonished and him and Ryan and others are all very committed to this issue to getting the schools open uh, both at primary level and, and at secondary level um and other countries are doing it across europe uh, but I, I i we also would be of a view that children with special needs children who, who uh, are in a disadvantaged background for example who wouldn't have access to technology they need to be back in school because they need a full okay resources so, the, of a so school kids need
1: to, to be back, to back to and you're going to do everything to make that happen what what about what about extending maternity leave and maternity benefit by three months as many many mothers want to happen
10: yeah, that's good. That will be considered this week by the, the Cabinet Cup. Uh, well, so what, what, on, what, what do you think um, of, you know, of that well, idea? Well, I think I'm not going to make commitments on it right now. Why um, not? There, we have a minister, because we have a Minister for Public Eiffenature, Michael McGrath, and we have a Minister for Finance, and they'll take re- recommendations for government in relation to that. Well, what would your um, recommendation um, to them
1: be? You're the boss. Look, that's not the way it
10: works, Neil. I'm not going to be making announcements on behalf of every single minister or or, or commitments, for that matter, on on behalf of them. But we are aware of the issue. Well, you're extending Uh, COVID
1: payments, aren't you? So why wouldn't you extend maternity benefit? Well, look, uh, as I said to you, that will—that's uh, an
10: issue that will be dealt with by the broader government, and obviously the Minister for Public Expenditure and the Minister of Finance will be coming to us in relation to that. Uh, we're aware of the issue. Uh, we have to uh, obviously assess all of these uh, demands and 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 various requests. Do you think so it's a reasonable request? Coming onto the table. I can understand it, yes. okay, yeah, I can understand it. So I'm you have not, a new jobs
1: you know. initiative, which will throw another billion at it, apparently. what What's that about? Is that directed at young people whose prospects are bleaker than ever now because they can't get jobs overseas in the likes of America, Canada, Australia? They're all closed. What's the initiative? Uh, I know that you're extending the COVID payments beyond Octo- August 30th. You're encouraging people to hire new staff and you'll pay the wages, is it?
10: Well, what the, again, the scheme hasn't been uh, announced yet or developed yet. There's work on underway. Uh, obviously, the wage subsidy scheme in the first instance is, 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 will, be, will be assessed and evaluated. That has proven to be very effective for keeping viable businesses intact uh, during, during the lockdown and during obviously the impact of COVID Uh, and again how do you fine tune that there won't be anyone falling off a cliff in relation to those schemes in other words it all ends on on a particular day Um, but we also are particularly worried about young people and you're correct in focusing on that Uh, we do need um, to develop measures that would uh, facilitate young people to get into work uh, and to get work
1: Um, So if you hire new staff we'll pay 85% of the wages? I'm sorry, you're saying that we're if people, say, we're, 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 I'm not. No, we haven't made any
10: decisions yet in relation to. You don't seem uh, to have made decisions no. on anything. Everything seems sorry, to be we're, we're up, up for we're conversation,
1: we're up, for conversation like, up for discussion. We're not, we're
10: just, Neil, we're one week in office. We've we've given people a timeline. We said by the middle of July, the third week of July, second week of July, we would have um, an announcement in relation to a job stimulus program. It's a whole of government announcement. I'm not going to do it because you've insane. been
1: you've been kind of the eyes off the ball because of all of the other no, carry no, on, the on. Very firmly. No, on. I mean some not people would say, do you no, do you research people? Do you research people that you put into cabinet at all? Like. No, the the eye is
10: very firmly on the ball in terms of jobs uh, and the job stimulus that has been announced we're going to do it obviously the department's concerned of putting the the, the nuts and bolts of that together it has to go before a cabinet committee it has to go before the cabinet and what Uh, will you do with regard, uh, will there be tax increases will there there be
1: austerity looking forward or would you give a straight answer to that no there's not going to be austerity
10: Uh, as I said um, there's a a deficit of about 25 billion by the end of the year could be higher Uh, that's not austerity Uh, That's borrowing at very high levels to try and maintain people's livelihoods, maintain their incomes and maintain jobs and maintain companies. The focus of the jobs initiative will be on small to medium-sized companies, Neil. It we'll be trying to give them a combination of grants and loans, very low-interest loans, to survive. That's what the jobs initiative is about. <laughs> and will we'll then, will also have a focus on young people to try and get them uh, alternative jobs and job, job activation, reskilling. Uh, there'll be a range of initiatives in relation to that. Okay,
1: and will we, but will we see this government lasting the course? But, I mean, particularly between yourself and Leo. I mean, he said putting you back in power, be like putting John Delaney in charge of the FAI, FAI. He said you were like a priest engaging in sin behind the altar. The priest, the, the press this week, Called you an altar boy? I mean, how do you? Why do you put up with all that?
10: <laughs> You're in great form today, Neil. Uh, no, um, <laughs> no, but like I mean, no, we, we uh, all we no, ever I see. I mean, how
1: are you going to put up with all we ever see of Varadkar is photo bombing, quoting Churchill, quoting Lord of the Rings, and Mean Girls and Terminator. Do you not find that frustrating as a politician? I think. Look,
10: myself, Varadkar, and Eamon Ryan have worked well in trying the negotiations. We had an obligation to get a government together. We've managed to get a program for government together. We're determined that it will last the full four and a half to five years. Why? Because it's important to the country that it lasts and gets things done in relation to housing, health, the climate change issue and a range of other issues. Cost of insurance, for example. We want to get that done. Um, we want to help just small, small to medium sized companies. and so- We have to deal with COVID-19, which is a, a never unfortunate reality that's having a terrible impact. On, on, on so you prefer life, all of these side
1: shows to go away so you can get on with the job that you're hired to do, is it? Well, I'm, reti- I'm, re- I'm remaining focused
10: on the key issues that face the people. That will be my focus as Taoiseach. And I'm not going to be diverted from that um, because the issues are too serious. Well, what if Fina Gael um, asked for Brian Cohen's head? From, uh, particularly issues that arise from COVID-19. You
1: know, what will happen if you look for but, Brian Kahn's
10: head? That, that, that doesn't arise and hasn't arisen and as far as we're concerned we're working together, I work together with the three leaders we have a, an open relationship, we, we engage if there's issues to be uh, discussed between us, we, we have a forum to do that, we, we, we specifically put in mechanisms into the programme for government to deal with issues, to deal with controversies that's there, uh, so we have a way of dealing with these issues and resolving those issues okay. um, and very, we're very committed to sustaining the government
1: Very, very finally, is the convention. Centre still on? Are you saying are you still saying that's up to BAM and Live Nation?
10: No, that, that that is the government has made a commitment to that. That that stands out, uh, since I last met. Again, i checked going to check that out. Like it's there. It's there to go ahead. It's there to progress. There's the government's commitment in terms of resources remains.
1: Now, a second hospital for the no, a hospital for the north side. Is that still in the <laughs>
10: Well, I mean, there's, on the National Development Plan, there's provision for a second hospital in Cork. Uh, the exact specific location hasn't been identified, um, and the progressing of that is still underway. Um, and again, that's around trying to get an elective hospital that would deal outside of the you know, the congestion that happens in a trauma hospital like to CUH to get the operations done the, the the basic operations like hip and knees and cataracts that we can get them done in a more, a more faster way, in a more effective way and efficient way uh, and that, that's, that, that's what that's about
1: So all that yeah. was on the table remains on the table, no changes there No, no, okay, Okay. all right. In relation to the
10: second hospital, it will take time. Obviously, I mean, it was was international development. That plan will be reviewed, um, and but obviously there will be a need for that that facility in Cork.
1: Okay, thanks for taking the call. Um, Much obliged to you. as much, much. I could have a good day. Let's get back to the cabinet meeting and stuff like that for the rest of the day. Tisha Mihal Martin by phone. Your thoughts on that? A welcome text. Oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Sorry for that uh, uh, unannounced break in the middle of it, but that's uh, live radio for you. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prinderville now,
0: 1850-104-106, Red FM.
1: Texter is absolutely right. At one stage during the interview, I called uh, Barry Cowan, Brian Cowan. My apologies for that, Barry Cowan. Uh, it's just I was moving at a fair old pace there, trying to get through as much as I can, and I inadvertently slipped up there. Apologies for it. Your lines are open for you. You can text 0868-104-106. Your Martin is some neck on or on about not condemning people, uh, for three or four years, uh, but he still condemned Sinn Féin. I don't know what that means. Uh, well, in the point being that there was no social distancing at Hall's homecoming. Uh, that's just two-faced. One rule for him and he still slates Sinn Féin. Well, I asked him the question on it. That's why he responded. Many families have holiday booked. holidays booked, Ryanair still flying, and our Muppets in government can't make decisions on travel. Uh, we should stop flights, all flights. Ryanair should not be supported after this. Um, Listening to Hall sounds as if I'm listening to Boris. Don't travel, but do travel. Uh, I think it's double standards. My daughter has L-plates. This is regarding uh, Barry Cowan. My daughter has L-plates on her car and her sister is a learner. When she was stopped by the guards, they asked for licenses. Did Mr. Cowan ever get any hassle? Uh, any other person on a provisional license would get a lifetime ban. It says, Martina, don't know about the lifetime ban, but the questions are being asked like, do you, do, you, do you check your cabinets and do you check um, and chat with them and see if there's anything that needs to be told? Um, if there's another economic shutdown and lockdown, people will just revolt against it. It's not sustainable to share people's businesses. Uh, well, I think I suppose you're saying it's not sustainable to shut people's businesses. We're an economy after all. Um, Michal needs to grow a spine and actually stand up for the rights of the people who he serves, politicians serve the people stop dictating to us there seems to be a lot of things up for discussion, that's one of the things I learned from the conversation with him this morning and other issues will involve the fact that he's saying that he won't divulge things on radio that haven't been agreed or haven't been announced in cabinet I kind of understand that, but we'll get some calls on the air on that and lots more besides Simone, good morning Good morning, Neil. Um, Barry, Barry, the Barry Cowan story is is a big one, all right, for sure. What are your thoughts on it?
11: Well, to be honest, no, Neil. If there was any other Joe Soap in the rest of Ireland, and if we were caught driving over the, the limit, we'd get an automatic
1: twelve month ban. Would it be twelve months, or is it is it three months for a reduced amount or something? Isn't it?
11: No matter whether you're a glass over, a sip over, a pint over, or a barrel over, it should be automatic ban for twelve months and your licence should be taken off you. Full license should be taken off you and you should have to go out and do a theory test, get twelve driving lessons the whole lot. I'm sorry, but I'm a parent of two Well he
1: businesses. didn't he didn't have to do any of that because no, um, he, didn't. he didn't have a full licence, you see.
11: But he shouldn't have been so he'd no full licence, so he was driving on a provisional licence. So was his car taken off him? Because my husband has a full licence and he left his licence go because he didn't need it. He, he worked in America and he lived in Australia and he was always getting work. lift to and from work he was carpenter. And it was 11, 12 years and when I met him then I said, look, my know I'm set, set up a driving, you can go get your yeah, licence. When yeah. we went up to the driver's licence up by old Liebert on the Model Farm Road right, and he yeah. went in and he had all this information filled out and everything and they looked him up and said, oh, I'm sorry, you haven't renewed your license for 10 years. It's now expired. You have to start again. So my husband had to do a theory test and do driving lessons. And he's waiting now for a driving test. But because of COVID-19, there's no exams being taken. So that's... Uh, yeah, but we're, allow- talking,
1: we're, we're talking about 2016 and things might have oh, faster know,
11: then. Oh, yeah. oh, I know that. But it, like, I'm with my husband 10 years but ago. But how could
1: you be 49 years old and still be on a provisional license? Do you think there are many of those people around?
11: Oh, I completely, I 100% agree there is a lot more. And then, sure, years ago, wasn't in the case of the lucky child, Your name was pulled out, were yeah, so, given yeah, a full license. Yeah. So maybe they need to go back to that lottery system again. But I think it's an absolute disgrace. 200 euro, fine, and three months off the road. No, I'm sorry, it should be 12 months minimum of 12 months depending how severe your alcohol consumption is over the limit.
1: Okay, okay. And do you believe that it's a resignation or a sacking offence?
11: I think he should resign. I actually, Barry Cohn, he was, what was he, he was, since 2016, he was the spokesperson for Freenafoil getting formation of government and he's part of social protection and he's, he's held roles. In not in baby jobs. He was the spokesperson for Fianna Fáil. I'm sorry, but he's not my spokesperson. I don't want somebody like that representing me.
1: Do you find it extraordinary that he didn't tell the leader of the party, ever?
11: Well, yeah, I'm sorry, no, but I'd say Hall Martin now is telling pork he's there. He's, a, he's working for Hall Martin, who is the leader of Fianna Fáil. No,
1: he uh, no, 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 work. Barry Cowan actually but, did say he never said it to Hall Martin. He didn't say it. He
11: said it. I can't understand how they were, is it? It was a case of a, not what you know, it's who you know. The guards, nobody knew anything about that you telling me, Miche- Well, of course the guards knew bizarre The guards stopped him. Gar- yeah, exactly. But what I'm saying is that. And Master, no should, should, he, should have you hold Meath Martin on this
1: quite? You know, you think, uh, it, you think to... it's bizarre that Meath Martin wouldn't have heard about it from someone. Yes,
11: okay. I think it's very bizarre. Okay, I thanks for it's...
1: that. Much obliged, Tom. Good morning. Thank you, Simone. Tom, go ahead. Good morning, Now go ahead. You? Go ahead. Thanks. What's on your mind?
11: Well, a
12: lot of things, for instance, no, like, I mean, we have an MEP who floats all the rules, like, and can't get away with a simple apology, whereas Joe Soap's like myself. And after parents, Billy and Keller,
1: after Billy Keller was finished in the doll, he drove down to Cork.
12: Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. As I said, floated all the rules. Now, you take a case scenario, myself, I have five grandchildren, right? Okay? I saw, I saw them, five grandchildren, three times. In three months, in nearly four months, actually. And that was outside my house on the street where we were physically I know, yeah, I know. No, yeah, kisses, I know. Kisses, no hugs, no kisses, nothing, right? I did that. I'm not alone, me. A lot of other people did that, okay? My very best friend's mother died during the lockdown. And I couldn't travel to the funeral. <laughs> because I could have traveled to the funeral
1: but I didn't travel to the funeral. I think Hall Martin at one stage was trying to say that Billy, he was trying to imply that Billy Keller had some kind of special dispensation to travel and stuff like that. Well, uh, he didn't a, quite say that, but he was kind of half saying it. Uh,
12: he, 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 was very much, he was very much saying that. Don't blame me, because I... No, but like, if he, phone if phone he, phone. He, he's
1: saying that if Brian Cowan, Barry Cowan, I've done it again, Barry Cowan and Billy Keller have both apologised, that's good enough for him.
12: Well, well, what about the rest of the people? Is, uh, are they exempt from everything once they have his his blessing? No, hold on. No, going back to Barry Cohn, who oh, I wasn't going to mention, but I anyway, mean. know that we have uh, the the dogs in the street. No, the street knew that he was banned from driving. I mean, we have Facebook now, Neil. Uh, uh, it's a really, See, I, I don't know
1: anything about that. I don't know that the good dogs in the street knew anything.
12: Well, i will tell you that everybody knew about uh, About Barry Cohn being, uh, being banned from driving. Now, me, how I'm actually, shouldn't be. I've, I've been apart. Just, just finds it out after he appointed him, mm. not before. Just okay. after. Okay. Right? Okay. Now, there's another, there's another aspect. Here. We're, we're getting a, a lot of press about. Uh, the shouldn't be in funeral, and they're not. I don't Rules maybe have uh, were broken there. Well, we had a funeral of a model garden. And I saw that on television. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see I didn't see any I saw large crowds and no social distancing.
1: Well, and that I, is I true. And that. we had the Black Lives Matters. And then we had the that carry-on that. in the pubs in Dublin at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. uh,
12: yeah. uh, don't mind the pubs in Dublin. What about the pubs in Cork? I came into the city just for a look around on Saturday and Saturday night. It was mayhem in a I was around the place drunk going from pub to pub. There was public... Where?
1: Pub. What, what streets were they?
12: Well, on Washington Street. Obviously, on the main street and Patrick Street, where they were going from. So I passed I passed a pub that never any more, but a packet of, uh, pack of peanuts and a packet of crisps, and there are two bouncers
1: outside the door. And now they're serving some kind of food, is it?
12: I have no idea what they are on that. Well, if they I got a visit from the cops, they know, know all about the it. there's a rule anyway,
1: like, but... Well, Martin, you really so you you know? say you saw stuff in the city that was alarming then on Saturday night?
12: It was alarming, but 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 it was something contrary in the other day.
1: Okay. Okay, alright, thanks for all that, much obliged, thank you I'm going to keep moving, Tom, back after the break Talk to Neil Printerville now
0: 1851
1: 4 Red FM Okay, uh, somebody suggesting that um, my conversation with Mihal was nothing but shouting without listening appealing as usual to the lowest common denominator, it's very difficult when you have only a certain amount of time um, and you, know, you, try, you kind of try and pre-select the topics you're going to deal with you know, and time is clicking and then it's, it's not the easiest thing in the world when you're under the constraints of time trying to cover as much ground. It wasn't meant to come across as shouting without listening. It was just trying to get, trying to get answers. Does anyone think that, I don't know, I don't know how to put this to you, but does anybody think that everything ends up being just a witch hunt, you know, a witch hunt time after time after time? Uh, notwithstanding the, the whole drink driving thing and driving without a uh, full license. I understand all of that, but that, you know, like, can people make mistakes and learn from mistakes is the question I'm asking. Can people be forgiven? I think they can. Um, and I think it's important that we uh, try and live our lives like that where, you know, somebody realizes the profound error of their way, makes a mistake and is really, really apologetic and sorry for it. And we'd wish to be able to turn the clock back. Does anybody have any kind of thoughts on, on that's the way maybe the world should be going? Um, that we should have an element of forgiveness and people kind of understand what they've done is wrong? that they wish that that nightmare had never occurred, you know, I mean, I think of some experience of that. I don't know whether, you know, this always has to be turned into a, a witch hunt against people, whether it's in public or private life. Be- Michael, good morning.
13: Good morning, Neil. Uh, you're, you're Actually, yeah, people should be forgiven, really, you know. Oh, you
1: think, oh so yeah. you think that, do you?
13: Oh, absolutely. I, I have no issue whatsoever. But the, you know, the man made a mistake. He has apologized for it. He, he, he played the fine. He was banned and all that, you know, so... I mean it's four years later uh, Michal is right we should move on like, and the man was profoundly apologetic and all that but that's not the issue here there's a bigger issue here and, and people are missing the bigger issue the issue is one of credibility and I think there's answers we need answers there because the story as it stands just is not credible uh, if we're to believe the man himself he had two drinks before he went to a football game uh, two drinks uh, is four units of alcohol if you have two you know, two pints or whatever uh, it wouldn't even be, if it was two glasses of wouldn't even be four units of alcohol. So, so you, you you spend the time in the two drinks, you go to a football match, which is 18 minutes, and will get walked back out of Croke Park again. Uh, he tells us he went for a meal after us, you know, so so you have something to eat. And then you have to drive in the traffic, which will be heavy, get out of Dublin and all Ireland there and get stopped somewhere and come to Hill there. Hours later, in his own words, four units of alcohol will be gone. For all data, there would be absolutely no alcohol whatsoever left in your system at that point. If you have two, two drinks before the game, go to a game, go for a meal after the game, uh, and drink for an order on road. Do it. It's not possible that there'd be alcohol in your system. So there, there's an issue of credit and an issue. Thing doesn't die up here, you know? And, 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 and to me, that's a far more serious issue than than
1: something that. Well that's in well, the same, yeah, you believe you know, that it, you know. yeah, if it was that amount it would have cleared through his system with the help of food oh, and things, yeah.
13: hundred percent it will be gone. It will be gone if that's the way anybody will tonight shouldn't drive maybe to next week sometime, eh? You know? Uh, I mean people do go, have a few pints at night, then they go home, they go to bed, get up in the morning, they're free of alcohol if yeah. they've been careful and they yeah. know, not units. One unit of alcohol per hour is what the body deals with. And in a man his bulk probably even a bit more, you know. Uh, but certainly, uh, if I, I you know, if I went for two points, right, uh, and I had two points in, say, the Tornos Cross Tavern or something like that, I went into Tornos Cross to look at a football game, came out of this, uh, walked down the street, maybe got a pizza or something like that, and you know, by the time I'd be done, all that those two points would be long gone. There'd be if I, I I could take a breathalyzer test, and there'd be no alcohol left in my system, you know. And like, if for like, this man is trying to tell us two drinks before the game, went to a game, meal after the game. Uh, it doesn't add up. Just something just does not stack up there. And well, me, is is any of
1: that even relevant though? When they say do not have any alcohol and drive as to whether well, it's one pint or five points.
13: But, 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 but then you should if you're, if you're a to drive by that you should never drink at all at all. You know you should never point today if you're going to be driving sometime tomorrow or next week or something like that. Okay, so, so for but, you it's
1: the story but, and the amount involved, and it isn't just, perhaps just
13: what the you story to be. and the amount involved. Does not make sense. Okay, it makes right. no sense whatsoever, and and that's a bigger issue because this guy is a minister, and you want your government, you want your ministers to be credible people, and uh, and is there some other factor at play here? I don't know, but the, the story is not credible, and to me, that's a bigger issue than the fact that it happened there all first day. You know, okay, the credibility issue. Okay, thanks know? for
1: that. And much obliged. Thank okay. you, Barry right. Khan, Marie. Good morning. Good morning, Neil.
14: I just want to say, um, number one, he's setting a very, very bad example to the youngsters. Number one, I have a, a son and a permanent driver waiting on his full license. I have to be absolutely everywhere with him. Um It was put back until September. The panic came in at one stage where all l drivers must apply for full. or cars are being impounded. The cars are taking off of them you have this some mind. cars were
1: some cars were taken off teenagers and young people
14: they were but why wasn 't his car? What example is he showing to those go- Kids that's waiting on their full license. Okay, I can go to a match, drink a few drinks. But
1: they weren't being taken off people in 2016, perhaps.
14: But it doesn't matter. He still was behind the wheel, consumed of alcohol. He hadn't a full license. And today, for the youngsters to be listening to this, he was a grown man. He was not, you know, I think if this was one of the kids today, or me, or your child tomorrow, there'd be a different issue about it. There's lying excuses. He's apologising. He no he's done wrong. Be a man. Stand on his feet. Tell the truth. Why is it taking this time to have this conversation?
1: And you know, with regards to your own son and his provisional, do you accompany him every time he goes on the road?
14: Uh, where he go Neil I'm in I'm out I'm in I'm out of the car and when that rule came out we were waiting now maybe they have a backlog of 3,000 kids they put everyone on pressure we're constantly waiting his test went back for September now we're waiting for yeah,
1: yeah. so you're doing process. everything right then and you're doing, doing
14: it, everything right. TV comes on, you have this man in his 50s, your son is sitting looking at it, okay, it's bad enough you're driving with provisional, you're not to be on your own, but he was consumed of alcohol, he's making excuses for himself, I've watched him being interviewed, and all through his conversation, you know, what the annoying thing is, why do we take this length of time, and all these questions and things, Man up. You've done wrong, show example. You're not showing example to the population of today. He was very
1: system. apologetic, though, and he looked like a broken man to me, I have to say. I was very uncomfortable watching I him. I'd be
14: the same if I was covering my tracks.
1: No, I don't think he I... was. I think he came out and was very contrite. He spoke about... Thank God nobody got hurt or nobody died. It was a terrible thing to do. It was a stupid thing to have a couple but of drinks uh, and drive. He
14: and was lucky. He, have should, he, had,
1: he said he should please. have told the Taoiseach. He should have told me Hall Martin when he was leader of the party back along.
14: Because he knew what he was doing and he was covering his tracks and he's wrong. And another thing, he could have killed someone. He's saying that now because he didn't kill someone. And that's the example every Christmas we is have. There, okay, tea. so is
1: there any room in this somewhat vicious where we live in for forgiveness
14: look everyone is entitled to a chance but we are the people are supposed to be gone by the rules we are the people are told maybe 5 or 7 days a week come Christmas we're shown ads about a Nell driver at Christmas where this incident has occurred which put the fear? It was good in one sense and another sense for the L drivers. So you were uh, going like this, going out doing it. What example is this? But what why, why,
1: why is an issue in 2016 dominating when Billy Kelleher, under very strict regulations, and you know you could not move from county to county at the time that he flew back from Brussels and was hanging around the convention centre, was hanging around the doll restaurant with colleagues and came to Cork. Why, why aren't people making a bigger... Like, that? that's a real life or death issue, isn't it? For somebody who could contract COVID-19 and die.
7: Well, look,
14: I think the majority of these people, including himself, right? He knew restrictions. He shouldn't have been outside. He could have brought something back here. Who knows? He could still do it. Both of them are wrong. I'm not putting one above the other. Right. One must consume the drink behind the wheel. One must do over the distance. Now, if that was someone else today they would be treated in a different manner. I maintain the other guy's car should be took. Okay. Go away and do his full license. Okay, everyone's entitled to a mistake. You pick up the paper, you see, it's a man drunk driving, blah, blah, blah. He gets caught, this and that, disqualified from roads. Why isn't these, is it one rule for us and another rule for these?
1: Okay, thank you, Marie. James, good morning. Good morning, mate. Go ahead, you're on the air. What's on your mind?
15: Just two quick points, Neil. One Good about man. the driving licence, and this is just my own opinion. Um, I don't think there should be uh, a law and permit that leads to a full driving licence. I, I think when you when you come out to start and get your licence, whether you're 17, 18 or whatever age, it should be a long process to get it. Uh, uh, you know, uh, plenty of lessons, maybe simulators, a couple of different tests, and then you get your licence. A licence, not a law permit. I know when you when you have a learner permit, you're supposed to have a full driver license with you. But at the end of the day, you're the one in control of the car, right? They can't tell so you. So no learners
1: should be, be in charge of a, a mechanical vehicle at all.
15: No, what okay. I, there should be no learner permit. Yeah. It should be one driving license. But to get the license. It should be a lengthy process for a young person that coming into the driving world, where there's there's plenty of tests. There's you must go out for um, for driving lessons, and then you're graded and graded. And when eventually okay. the, the right people can tell you that you're eligible to drive, you can drive. I don't understand. But how
1: many provisional licenses would a forty nine year old have had to renew? Many, I would think. Yeah, was it like five year license or a three year? I don't know what is it for a provisional I license. I think they are only a couple of years and you renew them, Neil. But like that, so he really must have said, been renewing. Uh, and renewing and renewing. Like, why didn't he do need test?
15: It's look. It's it, it, there's. I know people. Um, my, I, I have a similar situation to the to the lady that was on earlier. I was out of the country for a, a period of time, and when I came back, my license had expired. I had to restart over. But like, I, I, my own opinion generally is, if you can drive a car, if you're if you're eligible to drive a car, it should be to drive the car without anybody assisting you. Okay. It's an automobile. Right. You're on roads. Okay. Now, my, my. Okay. My second point then was about uh, travel. I had recently, uh, on Friday, I picked up family from Cork Airport that I haven't seen in four months. They were stuck in Poland due to the lockdown after going on a holiday. The timing was just bad. They got caught out there. Now, thankfully, my partner my partner is Polish, so she had her family. But my son was there. He's four. He turned four out there. We missed his birthday. So it was nearly four months since I seen them. So you could imagine I was so eager to be up at the airport Friday morning, etc., waiting for the plane to come in. Now, when I went up into the airport grounds, I it was very quiet. There was only one taxi pulled in, and there was two two airport police up at the top. So I approached them. They both were wearing masks. And this is outside. And I just asked them about the etiquette for the airport. I told them I was picking somebody up and can I go in, etc., and about parking. So they told me you can park away as normal. If you want to wait outside for them, you don't have to wear your mask. But if you're going to go into wait at arrivals, it's a mask. And I said, 100%, I have a mask with me. And you did that? I went inside. I did. I had my mask. I put it on. I went inside. There was one lady inside cleaning. She had a mask on. Within a couple of minutes, another lady came in. She had a mask on. And one man came in five minutes after her with a mask. But over the next half an hour of absorbing people coming in and coming in, 50% had masks and the other 50% didn't. But not only that, airport personnel started coming up through the airport, either finishing or starting work. They had no masks on them. And the airport police came through. One of them had a mask and the other guy had his off. Now, when my family came through, obviously it was emotional and we had we, we hugged and kissed and everything else. And on the journey home, I just asked about the the plane ride for them. How was it, everything else? The plane wasn't full it was about sixty percent full, so they had the option of moving to different seats Good. if they felt they were um too close to other people and with regards to the masks on the plane, some had and some hadn't oh, my my son and and his mother had their masks, and uh, they just inquired with the with the stewardess um why why some and she said look if if you want to leave it off, you can leave it off." And that, that's it. That's my story. I just said I get them to. A well, but,
1: aren't, but aren't you supposed to wear a mask on a flight? That's that's why
15: I, I I asked Neil. I just I was I was actually asking. I was I was inquiring on, on, on to them on how uncomfortable it was. I, I wasn't expecting not to say that you didn't have to have the mask okay, on. Okay. I actually thought
10: she'd say yeah. Uh, and did they, the they
1: Okay. Oh well, that's your observation. That you. That's what, that's what happened. And they were asked for name, address, and phone numbers when they got off the plane, were they?
15: She, she she had to fill out a little form with where, where she was going. Yeah, um, and uh, it was a, her her name, her address, and a phone number. Now we're back today is Monday. They're back since Friday morning. Nobody has contacted her. We haven't gone anywhere. She just stayed around the house. Went went o- across the road a hundred yards to the local shop in the, the, the Tesco, and we went to the local park, which is which is
1: very. So when safe, she went into Tesco, did yeah. she have a mask on? Of course, she's yeah. very she's very
15: particular about that, and and the son, and she she's even give me a hard time about it. Because the
1: guideline is, they must be correct me if I'm wrong here, but there must be two weeks in quarantine now, isn't it?
15: They weren't told that. That I've been. I asked her. To, to, did she have any form or anything? She had no form from them. It, it was basically as it, like the, the thing that they filled out was very quick. It wasn't like you know. It wasn't. She didn't feel under pressure from it. It was just like fill it out for the sake of filling it out. So no
1: guidelines were given to her to take away with her or anything?
15: No, no, no. It was just like, when she was explaining this to me, the impression I was getting taken from it was like, fill this out because we have to get you to fill it out. And as I said, on the plane, they had a choice to wear it or not. Okay. And in the airport itself, while I was there with a mask and the police taught me before I went in, if you're going inside, wear the mask. But half an hour later, one of those police guys came through without the mask, okay. along with
1: okay. staff etc. Gotcha. Thanks for that, James. Okay, okay I'm enlightened. Um, first time yesterday, actually, I was in a little cafe in Kenmare coming back from... Actually, it was amazing because I came back from Glengarath over the mountains. Are they the Caha Pass, I think? Does the Caha Pass then go into the Healy Pass? Stunning scenery, actually, when I mean, you go up over the mountains and back down into Kenmare. I mean, the most beautiful scenery, breathtaking. Take your breath away. The sun was shining, and everything, and it was just incredible. It was just your heart would lift. The views, but um, in Car, in in Kenmare, then in a cof- in a cafe, we were asked for name and address and phone number uh, for track and tracing. So, you know that that kind of thing is happening. Perhaps you've had the same situation when in summer they ask for your name, address, and telephone number. What happen if you go into a restaurant and a pub? I'm sure. And if it's not, it should be. Uh, Barbara, good morning. Can you hear me? All right, line three, Barbara. No. Okay, we'll come back after the break, back after these.
11: The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM.
16: Our phone lines remain open after midday, 1850-104-106.
1: Okay, I've had to get through as much as I could in the time, uh, but there was a very interesting story yesterday on the Sunday Mirror where the Health Minister, Stephen Donnelly, says that uh, he wouldn't be against legalising small amounts of cannabis for personal use might have seen the article he also admitted having smoked marijuana in the past indeed I think Edgar also admitted to uh, smoking marijuana in the past uh, but it's kind of an interesting perspective to have as a health minister isn't it while some would suggest that cannabis is dangerous and a gateway drug the health minister saying that um, he wouldn't be adverse and thinks that legalizing small amounts of cannabis for personal use would be a good idea uh, not to mention my god what our health system will be like next, win- next winter how it will cope with waiting lists and A&D crises and COVID-19 again, if we have uh, another return of it. And undoubtedly, it will come back just like flu until there's some kind of vac- vaccine against it. Um, anyway, just thoughts on that text 0868104106. Um, and I want to get some texts on the air from the conversation regarding uh, terminations and abortion numbers that we dealt with last week. But uh, Liam, good morning. Good morning, Neil. You said that they uh, couldn't they couldn't me. run a hen house if they tried. Well, I think a hen house oh. could be a fairly chaotic place.
16: <laughs> <laughs> no, but... Uh... They're only glorified councillors, a lot of them. The, the, the party picks their candidate and imposes that candidate on the people. And sure, we've no say over how, how uh, capable he, he or she is. So we, we've just we have just asked to elect them, and they're getting in more or less uh, in, in a scam. Well, they, they should, the uh, parties he, put
1: forward the candidates, and then the public yes. vote on the candidates. How else could you do yes. it?
16: Well, the public should vote the can, get a vote themselves a candidate.
1: Yeah, the that's called that's called voting independence, I suppose. Yeah,
16: uh, well, the uh, independent is more or less he's putting himself to the people, but. Herself, but the the party machine, the parties should be should be taken out of Ireland altogether. Irish politics, because they're they're pulling Ireland uh, like a wall in between two ends. The,
1: the, the, he's had, had a bad, he's had vote. a bad,
16: but he's had a bad week,
1: hasn't he? Bad first week. He's got a lot of stuff that he'd wished he hadn't across his desk, Meo Martin.
16: He has, uh, but. Uh, 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 Cowan should have talked him what he'd done earlier, years ago not mm. am I know mm. and uh, what I'm uh, what I, what I can't understand is to, 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 to highlight the mentality of the people the elected officials uh, this man was driving at 39 years of age on a foreign license 49 49. good god what was his the, the level of his mentality I don't want
1: to see. he couldn't do that. What? Keep renewing a provisional licence and not getting a full they one? Shouldn't
16: it shouldn't be allowed. There was only so many years you drive in a
1: provisional
16: license Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, he should have been stopped in and, and acquired uh, a proper
1: license acquired of him here's an interesting text though, you know when I talk about forgiveness and learning from mistakes as I was saying earlier yes. on I, I, somebody yeah, I here said, that. I don't like many politicians but I do have time for Barry Cowan I think he's done a good job, he hasn't done much harm a lot of us are guilty of drink driving uh, when we were that age yeah. and in our past uh, people shouldn't well, be picking I, on this man
16: with, particularly with Barry Cohen, I think he has contempt for people and for the law. He's the type of an individual. But did you ever make a mistake?
1: Did you ever make a mistake? Oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I a hundred percent. Did you ever get Sorry forgiven? For did you ever get forgiven for that mistake?
16: Yeah, but he, he doing an Oscar performance. There yeah, but some people do, and
1: they still get forgiven. Should yeah. we not? Should people not be more? Yeah, he's, he, he's he contrite, and we should be forgiven. Forgiving. He was very
16: contrite. But that's that's just an act.
1: All right. Okay. I'd say when
16: he got outside the door, he's really laughing. He
1: said, off. Okay, thanks for that. Uh, please don't say, Neil, that you're buying into the Black Lives Matter nonsense now, are you? You just said on the air Friday that a white guy wouldn't be shot at the steering wheel while holding his hands up. Are you for real? You really need to look at the numbers and the demographic makeup of people killed in the USA. Any chance you'd mention the new record set for black guys being killed over... Uh, their Father's Day weekend in Chicago. You probably won't mention this, but they were killed by other black people. Love the show as you're generally able to stay neutral. It was disappointing to hear you and disappointing to hear that you're one of the guys peddling the Black Lives Matter muck, says Dara in Blarney. I try and remain as impartial as I can, but doing this job, it's not always possible. Sometimes you have to have an opinion. Um, And then lots from the issue of the abortion rate in Ireland going up. I was going to say through the roof, but it went from something like 2,800 to 6,666. Uh, have we uh, Here we have another man living in Catholic times. Um, anybody that criticizes abortion. Any woman is entitled to decide to do what they want uh, once it's not past 12 weeks. Other than that, they can do what they want. And the fellow calling them murderers will want to go and have a baby, but he can't because he's a man. Uh, what right does he have to tell any women uh, what to do? This is a joke. And I bet he's in his 50s or maybe his 60s as well, because that's the way they were brought up, thinking that way because of the church, says Jason. Morning, I had an abortion when I was 19 simply because I couldn't deal with the consequences of my actions and the dread of my family's reaction to being pregnant. Now, that's very interesting. Had an abortion because couldn't deal with the dread of my family's reaction to being pregnant. It was the easiest option, which I've now carried with me for 27 years. I went through an awful time following it. I drank a lot and I was very depressed. I don't regret my decision. I was not ready for it. I now have two beautiful teenagers. I love them dearly, but I will never forget what I did. Point being here, you you will never forget it, but you don't regret it. 2,879 women gave addresses from within the state at abortion clinics in England and Wales in the 12 months leading up to Ireland's legislation of abortion in January. That's uh, down from 3,019 women in 2017, according to data released by the UK Department of Health. So that's the figure as it was, 2,879. And then when we legislated, it went to 6,666. Men would be better off focusing their minds on living children who are suffering poverty and neglect your caller Jerry should go volunteering and fundraising for Bernardo's and the like. Morning, Neil. Abortion is free in the Republic of Ireland. If you live outside the Republic, you have to pay. It's about time the men of Ireland man up and get the snip. Then there might not be a need for so many women to have an abortion. I'm for abortion, but I think men need to be doing more, says Beth. And there are many of these. I love the show. Why, in in 2020, is abortion still seen as negative? Or maybe it's just by elderly men. There are many reasons for abortion. It's not only the right thing to do, but for many, the only thing to do. Um, And somebody else suggesting that for too long until legislation was passed in Ireland, for too long, England have been taking responsibility for Irish women and their health care now we get to do it for ourselves. Thank you for those. Call the Neil Prendiville Show now.
0: 1850-104-106. Red
1: FM. Okay, very important that you need your phones because we have another super prize again from Clancy's. We've been talking with Clancy's over the period of the last few months and Paul Montgomery's been on air a number of times and in return we've got three course meals for four with bottles of champagne and a round of cocktails and you can pick up these prizes and go and have some food and drinks at Clancy's at a time that suits you. Part of the city since 1824 and open again, which is good news. So three-course meal for four with champagne and cocktails. And we'll open the phone lines in a few minutes' time. If you want a book with food and some drinks at Clancy's, you can do so online, clancyscork.ie. And I'm very happy to say that Oak Fire Pizza are back on board again this week. Our friends at Oak Fire Pizza have been in touch with us right through uh, lockdown and through COVID and the different stages. And we have more vouchers for big pizzas to give away uh, I'll get to this tomorrow and uh, drive it on across the week. And they're on Princess Street. Eat on the street in the city centre sunshine because Princess Street is looking fabulous now. Support local businesses because when you're supporting local businesses, you are supporting local jobs. And I'm endeavouring to try and get as many people back to work as possible. So Oakford Pizza on Princess Street in the city, Bridge Street in Bandon and Ross's Street in Clonakilty. So lines open for that. Uh, tomorrow for those uh, for those uh, pizzas and the phone lines will open in a minute for plansies. Very disappointing Neil whose show am I listening to yours or me Hall's. You'll keep talking in a roundabout way avoiding questions. Sounds like you were struggling to try to say anything at all to him. It's always like that with me Hall uh, it's like he's running the show hmm. Another one here. Poorly conducted interview in my opinion. Yes hard questions needed to be asked but not in the aggressive way they were asked let's see and give them the benefit and let's see how this government gets on. Well, Blake, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Okay, well, listen, see if I can get some answers to other topics throughout the course of the week. Text 868 for whatever may be on your mind. But one question that I've been asking, as people try and get out and about to, uh, you know, socialize and visit various tourist spots around the city and the county, I was wondering how in the name of God they were ever going to get over to Spike with a boat and physical distancing, and masks, and gloves, and touching things. Spike Island is open to the public, and it's open now until September. And there are sailings, but just how it's working out—that's uh, what I was curious about. John Crotty is Spike Island's um, main man there, and he joins me by phone. John, good morning.
6: Good morning, Mr. Nice Neil. How is well. it working with the boats, the ferries? The ferries. So you know, we've had to significantly reduce capacity, I guess like so many other sites really, Neil. Uh, we've knocked about 40% off what we would normally carry on the ferry. So we are ensuring that everybody's keeping a reasonable distance from each other. And we're also asking the visitors wear a face covering just for the ferry journey. That doesn't apply for the, on the island at all. And you're lucky to be open because when I
1: was down west, Garnish doesn't open until, t- uh, till today and Skellig's isn't opening at all.
6: Yeah, that's right. I mean, there's a lot of sites that are kind of coming out with that news. Uh, We did actually hear that uh, Fort Camden over in Crosshaven won't be opening this year either. So we're delighted. I mean, Cork County Council have backed us really well. They've given us what we need to get to where we are, but it it has taken a lot of work. So, I mean, did you get lucky
1: that you were allowed to open then? I mean, and, and what's the protocol with regards to masks and things?
6: So I would say hard work, really, to be honest, with you, Neil. Uh, We've had to respond to so many different government guidelines. I mean, we've got a retail space, we've got a cafe, we've got the park and we've got public transport on the ferry. Now, the biggest one has been the ferry itself. So we are insisting on face masks in exactly the same way that the government are asking for face coverings on the ferry. And you can either bring your own or get one on arrival. But outside of that, we're very lucky. We've got such big, wide open spaces that once you get on the island, you can very much relax. And is it a
1: one-way system, I heard, then? You can't kind of... Can you lounge around and browse around, or do you have to follow a
6: protocol? And you can. I mean, again, we've got so much space, Neil, when you're outside, it's really not a concern. Now, we have put a one-way system in in the buildings, and we do ask people to be mindful of the other visitors. But again, we're so lucky with the size of these buildings. When the Victorians were building them 200 years ago, they I were know. quite large. I know. Yeah, high ceiling, you know the type. Plenty of space in there. What's on the island now? Because I know you're constantly adding and investing. Yeah, you know, the latest project for us is the War of Independence. Uh, There would have been about 1,200 prisoners here in 1921, so we've actually created an exhibition that tells their story, and there's quite a few diaries from those gentlemen as well. So they basically documented their experience and what it was like being a freedom fighter for Ireland back then. So it's a really good tactile exhibition. You can really get stuck into it and you know learn what they said and read their words.
1: The history of that island goes back 1,300 years, though, doesn't it? Originally to a monastery, I believe, wasn't it?
6: That's right, yeah, we're very lucky to have 1300 years of recorded history, I mean if you've got an interest in either Irish religious, in Irish military history, in the penal history of Ireland, because there was four separate prisons in the 1600s, 1850s, 1921 and of course as recently as 2004 we had quite a few of the, uh, the offenders down from the cities.
1: That's a fact. It's it's also fair to say that you have been spending huge amounts of money refurbing areas that at one stage would have been unsafe. Is that right?
6: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that independence exhibition is a great a example. new area, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That would have been completely off limits to the public up to recently. So with such a big sight, you know yourself, you, you could just keep on going forever with this place. So we're trying to make it as relevant as possible. Keep listening to the visitors and keep adding bits. OK, it,
1: so for families that are going out then, say with children, is there lots of places to sanitize and there are plenty loos and things?
6: Massive amount. Of need. We've actually got about twelve different uh, locations where you can either sanitize your hands or you can actually use one of the bathrooms. We've got over four bathrooms on site, so certainly uh, you, you wouldn't go far without coming across an opportunity. It's
1: great to hear of places open, isn't it? Because uh, there are so many that won't. You know, it's just fantastic that you managed to get open
6: we're delighted. I think it's very important for Cove and Cork Harbour and I think Cork in general to have these kind of sites. And when people start thinking about where they're going to go, you really do need those day out options. Okay, but you need to book in advance, I suppose. Is that right? Of course, yeah, we are saying that. Now, we'd always recommend that with Spike anyway, because at the end of the day, it's a ferry. Ferries do fill up, so we do recommend advanced booking. Okay,
1: and of course, this is a site that won some years back the title of Europe's Best Visitor Attraction, ahead of the Eiffel Tower, the Coliseum, and Buckingham Palace. It's some accolades, Yeah,
6: it? listen, come on, you can't fault it. It's a Cork site, so you know yourself. Maybe. I, I've always
1: on. said it, like, if people haven't been out yet, you must go. I mean, it's just breathtaking
6: that's a fantastic deep dive I think into Irish history (laughs) and and the amount of people that come and you know just didn't realise the depth of it They're, they're stunned when they go away and give yourself a bit of
1: time like you're talking about a few hours aren't you really John?
6: Oh, God, yeah. I mean, if you had three and a half hours, we highly recommend it. Because even with the walking around and the beautiful island views, getting into the history and all that, it's well, well worth your time.
1: Fair play to you now. The ferry capacity has been reduced, so people need to book ahead and work out a time that suits. But they can do so online at Spike island, spikeislandcork.ie, isn't it?
6: Spot well on.
1: That's us, awesome. Neil. Fair play to you. Thanks, John. Good to hear you're open. Congratulations. Cheers. Thank you. Take care. Meanwhile, lines are open at one 104 106 We have a table now for four of you, you and three of your friends. A three-course meal for four with a bottle of Moet, a round of cocktails, and you can use it any time you want. Maybe if there's a match on, you can even have a private booth or you just want to go with family or friends, whatever the case may be. We have those to give away, courtesy of ourselves and Clancy's. You can book directly at clancyscork.ie. And, of course, remember, as we head through the week, Oak Fire Pizza vouchers for you guys. Hot and piping. Pick them up and take them home and have fun. Uh, just a couple of texts before I leave you for the day. Uh, your drink, drive, drink driving is not a mistake. Uh, leaving your house and forgetting your wallet or your phone is a mistake. Everyone and their dogs knows we're not to drink and drive. Calling it a mistake... Cheapens the severity of the actions, says Paul in Parklands. Um, oh, please, could you please announce that Premier Taxi in Douglas Village is reopened this morning for business? As you say, support local. I do the best I can because, you know, we'll only see as the months go ahead just how many people actually do get their jobs back. Even for the companies that open and try and stay open, it won't be possible for all of them. So it's really important that we shop local, think local and help local because not just the businesses, those that are employed in the business. Um, love the show. Why the two hundred twenty abortion? Why in 2020 is abortion still seen as a negative action? All women have a right to choose. They have a right to choose not to sleep around every weekend or to choose to use a condom or to choose to use the pill or to choose to get their tubes tied. How many bloody choices do we need? As that girl said, it should be for crisis pregnancy only. Now, one wonder is where 6,666 of them crisis pregnancies there you go again lumping all women into the same box simply because they're women you said something similar the other day when you suggested that black people should vote for black candidates the truth is neil people are individuals whose opinions and experiences are far more varied than the contents of their underwear or the color of their skin um I did say that, I I didn't quite say black people should vote for black candidates. I think, and I don't think this was last week, I think some weeks ago I said, for change to happen, you need to have more black representation. And on that basis, black people need to vote for black candidates who understand their lives and the scenarios in which they live in. I don't know what's wrong with that. Uh, I know that it is a call-in phone program, but it beggars belief that gone beans like those men get any airtime when it comes to terminations. Women's lives and choices matter too. One caller probably the same fella that would be given out if it was a, a spike if there was a spike in teenage pregnancies he should go in and enjoy life and not be worried about what other people are doing uh, 666 is in the Holy Bible, the last book, the book of Revelations. It speaks of the mark of the beast It's ironic that people looking for the murdering of innocent babies here in Ireland actually ended up hitting on the number 6666. That represents the mark of the beast. I sort of wonder, is this actually confirmation from God that we are dabbling with evil stuff here when it comes to terminations? And abortions. Right, I uh, will leave it at that. Pick it up in the morning. Your thoughts are welcome. Text 106 and you might well want me to read it out, or perhaps come on air. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow.
8: Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and
2: check out RedExtra.ie for more great Red FM content.